I just hung up the phone. What's the best news I could have? You want a four-week vacation to someplace else? The best news I could have for me. You got invited to Hillary Clinton's fundraising breakfast. I got invited to Hillary Clinton's fundraising breakfast. <laughs> me, the first lady, scrambled eggs, lively conversation. Turns out it wasn't that hard. You know what you have to do? Write a check for $1,000. That's right. But not everyone was given that opportunity. I was asked. They asked you for $1,000 and you gave it to them. That's incredible, Danny. I was picked, Casey. I was identified. Yes, it's called being a mark. I gladly gave my money to a good fight. Danny, Isaac's got enough to deal with from the network right now without you getting into a good fight. This isn't about politics. This is about me. It's Hillary Rodham of Chicago. The connection. There will be a connection? I believe there will be. This really isn't political, is it? No, sir. It is not. You have a crush on Hillary Clinton. I carry a torch for her, yes. You're hot for Mrs. Clinton. Well, who isn't? But in my case, it's more than physical. It's cerebral. No doubt about it. I think we need to get you a CAT scan instead. I would like to have an intelligent, high-minded, right-thinking, socially progressive, impressively pragmatic conversation with Hillary Clinton. Tomorrow morning, I shall. Shall you? Yes. And she will say, my goodness, that Dan Rydell is such a bright young boy. So much more than sports scores and highlights. I think I'll make him my gentleman friend. Yeah, that's why she's only airing negative attacks on TV in, in Pennsylvania, like, like most, most places. Look, I, I understand that because that's the textbook Washington game. That's how our politics has been taught to be played. That's the lesson that she learned when the Republicans were doing that same thing to her back in the 1990s. So I understand it, and when you're running for the presidency, uh, then you've got to expect it, uh, and you know, you've just got to kind of let it, you know, you know, what you got to do. seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of April of the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio, the home of repeated Richard Quest news observations. So I think we played that at least three times in the last 24 hours, but I'm not entirely sure. But how often does Richard Quest get arrested? It, it's true. We might as well make hay while the sun is shining, Tim. So we have the recap hour that we play every day from 10 to 11, which is essentially a, uh, I don't know, like a 55-minute distillation of the previous day's program. So yesterday we had the story about Richard Quest being busted with a pocket full of dildos. And, no, wait. It's, he only has one. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, a boot full of dildo and a pocket full of meth, uh, which sounds like some sort of Mary Poppins song, like from the east side. Anyway. So we had that story yesterday. We then excerpted it out and then played it back as part of the recap today at around, I don't know, 10, 15, 10, 20. And then for no readily apparent reason, it was played back again about 10 minutes ago. So there you go. Uh, anyway, it's 503 733 
503-733-2970. If you'd like to be a part of the program today with your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature, limericks, what have you, uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the perverse, whatever. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Um, you want to uh, email us, you can do that as well. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. This is also a good time to note that Richie, who spent multiple hours on Sunday laboring to put together a, a hat onto which he could clip a camera, has now actually, he's uh, he's raised it. I didn't realize that camera was pointed at me the whole time. Oh, I just saw the camera over there on the other side of the studio. Oh, when it's we were right, talking before right the there. show and stuff, I didn't even realize we were being recorded. That's I have no good. idea. It's right there. Did we say anything that we did that we shouldn't have? Probably. Probably. All right, Richard, we're going to give this film a good going over and an editing. Richard, you can't just start recording people and not tell them. It's like some one-eyed devil staring at me across the room. So, Richie spent all Sunday uh, building himself, I swear <laughs> to Christ, a baseball cap onto which he could hook like a camera which is sort of an interesting idea it's it's like didn't letterman used to have that there was like a baby cam or something letterman had where it was like a, t- a toddler that watched her in the studio with a with a camera on its head and then he had a monkey cam it was like a spider monkey on roller skates or something that had a camera fixed to the top of it so we had the richie cam and he's now he's built some other sort of accoutrement so where he can just it's on a clamp so he can just clamp the camera to anything and have it filmed. Here's the other really unnerving thing about this camera, which is staring at me with its unblinking gaze. Um, There was a time when cameras uh, were exceptionally large and clunky and sort of cumbersome and obvious, but technology and Moore's Law and science and stuff uh, has made it so the cameras are increasingly tiny with every passing year. So this camera is actually so small that it's been pointed at me since the last time Richie came in the studio, which I think was about 20 minutes ago, and I never noticed it. So there's now a camera about a foot away from me. And it's just peering at me fixedly. It's kind of freaking me out, actually. All right, I'm going to move on. I'm a professional. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, join us today, uh, Richie Bristol is uh, there in his room preparing to pass along all of your observations. Uh, you can email us if you like. Lisa Desjardins will be joining us later on today uh, from Pennsylvania, uh, where the primary is underway, happening as we speak. We may or may not be talking to Steve Kastelman. It's kind of uh, crazy. He's in Philadelphia today. Um, but everything is just its just a madhouse. It's just chaos. Uh, so we may or may not be talking to Steve Kastenbaum. We will be talking to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, uh, joining us from Los Angeles later on today. Uh, we'll announce the glorious bastard of the week. Uh, what else? We have the uh, top five we're going to get to today. Uh, Cannibal Watch coming up today. Bush Watch coming up today. We have, and I have to thank Joni DeRoshi for sending this to us. We have this story. Can you sweeten my mic ever so slightly? Thank you. We have this story that is... I don't even know how to approach. Do you have this story about the priest in Brazil? Not the priest in Brazil. Okay. It's. Do you have a story about a priest of some other kind? There are plenty of priest stories out there, but not the priest in Brazil. This is both a Darwin watch, a clergy watch, and a religious nutcase watch all at once, and it involves hundreds of balloons. So, I got that right there. We'll get to that. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Well, other things as well. Uh, Tim Riley is uh, working on the following stories for your edification today. It's Earth Day. It really is. 
Three members of a Kenmore, Washington swim team faint simultaneously while practicing to hold their breath. A postman catches a baby after it falls from a window. A Medford brawl involving carnival workers leaves one with part of his thumb bitten off. Only 28% of Americans approve of the president's performance. That's the lowest in 70 years. A man shoots himself during a road rage incident. And Obama tells John Stewart he's not out to enslave the white race. Well, that's good to know. I can check it off my list of things to worry about. By the way, I've already got a great joke about the uh, about the people who uh, who all uh, fainted at once during the uh, during the swimming thing. But I'm not going to give it now. If I, if I do it all here at the top, then there'll be no humor left for later on in the program. All right. Uh, joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon and her dog, Muppet, joining us in the studio today. Hello. It's a diapered Muppet. Yes. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm excited I'm going to a show tonight, so I'm already super stoked about it. You know why you're stoked? Because the camera's not pointed at you. Yeah, I'm the... very happy about that. Did you guys know the camera was here and running? I, I knew it was around, but I didn't know if it was running or where it was. It's kind of insidious. He's been putting it small. random places, so I just didn't really, it didn't occur to me that he would leave it in here. I think I'm going to have to go over and turn it off. It's kind of weirding it's me out. It's totally distracting you. And yeah. we can't start the show with you. All right, like, oh. hold on. I just got to walk. Richie, I'm sorry, but the camera has to go off. I Let's see if I can this. This I, isn't a television program. All right. I don't uh, I don't know how that... Well, the red light is oh still my on, God, so it must mean it's functioning. Oh, my God. I don't know how to do that. Oh. All right. Thank you. The red light on means camera on you. <laughs> I don't know where the button is. All right. Oh. Thank you, Richie. All right. Fantastic. All right. Uh, in any event. Oh, yeah, you're going to see MGMT tonight? Is that mm-hmm. the deal? Yeah, which is, I think Laura wanted to go to that, but it's sold out. Uh, Half of our workplace is going. I don't realize Dave Zinn's going, Chris Paddock's going. Dave Zinn has become sort of the arbiter of, of musical hipness around here, in the sense that he's sort of the canary in the musical coal mine, because every time he uh, tells me about something or hips me to some sort of a band, it, it, I read about four weeks later that they're sold out across the country, but he always kind of knows about it before everybody else does. He was he knew about that Vampire Weekend band, mm-hmm. like before I'd ever heard about them. Uh, he's also into this band called Fleet Foxes, who are sort of a... Uh, Tim will be interested. It's sort of a Rufus Wainwright kind of a thing, Tim. Oh, yes, yeah. he's among my favorite artists. <laughs> um, anyway, so MGMT is uh, is tonight, and I think I think Lara endeavored to get tickets, but that's uh, that's not going to happen. But yeah, you I guess are it's sold out, like, yeah, weeks ago. Excellent. Yes. So that is that. Anything else to share with us today? No. I didn't get a chance to watch the terrible movie you bought me, the, the paparazzi. I already paparazzo. have a, a line of people who want to watch it. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to get a watch tonight. It was uh, I didn't get it was, I didn't get a whole lot accomplished. You, you're just depriving yourself of the genius that is paparazzi. I know. I know. And it's got and it's got Dennis Farina in it, who is great. That kind of the weird the guy with the weird the, the big gray hair. Dennis Farina playing the rugged detective. I think with a with a minor drinking problem. Dennis Farina. All, well, see every character Dennis Farina plays, and Dennis Farina. We're now discussing somebody that nobody can conjure up. Nobody in the audience can conjure up his image. If you go online and look at IMDb, you'll know who Dennis Farina is. But without any sort of visual aid, you will have no picture of him in your head. But he's one of those guys that every character he plays has a drinking problem. Um, A lot of times he plays either uh, he plays a cheating husband, he plays some sort of weird kind of loving but like creepily sexual father figure, or he plays a detective. Like, mm. those are the only three things he knows how to do. Yeah, you just look at him and you see detective, generally. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to watch that uh, tonight because I have no other plans. except. That, and here's the other thing. is Laura and I got rid of cable. And so, but now thanks to my Comcast high-speed internet cable access, I think I can probably just watch the primary results live at CNN.com, which is kind of what I do sometimes when I'm here. Except, did you guys have this internet last night where the internet went out at your houses? No. no. That internet went out at my house last night at around 10 o'clock, just as I was sitting down to do some stuff. Because you know, answering. I got this. I got this weird, creepy application that they installed where I can see my 
my desk, uh, my my work desktop uh, from home. So if I'm sitting at home on my home computer, I don't know, I I, I launch some program and I type in some crap, uh, and then I can see the desktop that I have here at CBS, which is alternately great and kind of unnerving. Um, so I was logged in to my work computer last night at home doing some work, and I had just finished it and had logged off and was about to start answering kind of my, you know, my personal email or whatever when the Internet completely crashed. Huh. And it was just like that South Park there the other day where the, where the Internet, you really, I know that I'm stating the obvious here, but you really don't realize just how much you can't do anything in the entire world anymore without the Internet until it goes down at around 10:15 last night. And it was, I mean, it was down until I went to bed. I finally, I, I finally gave up and read a book. Uh, and I, how low tech. A waste of my time and brain. And by the time I went to bed at around midnight, the internet still hadn't come back up. And I would do this, I would do this thing where I would go in to the office because I've got, you know, there's the, whatever, the router. And routers are just a weak link in every home networking setup. A router seems like a thing that is there simply to break. I mean, I'm sure that it does something. I don't know what it does. I don't know what the purpose of a router is. I don't know what it accomplishes. But it does seem like a router is designed simply to have some element of obsolescence in your home computing setup. And I know that's, that's plagued you as well. Yeah, because the computer, let's see, on the first floor is tied into the computer on the third floor with it. And and the router goes... And it's one of those things where, even as as nerdy as I am about some things... When the Internet won't come up, like when you sit down at your machine, if you've got, like, a broadband connection, you sit there and you hit the, whatever, the, the browser launch button to open up Internet Explorer or Firefox or whatever, and it, you know, the window comes up and then it just sits there and it hasn't found whatever your homepage is, like I think my homepage is Yahoo, and it hasn't found it for about three or four seconds, and that's when you start to get that weird feeling in your stomach, like... Uh, I think something might be wrong. Mm -hmm. And so you just hit the home button again, or you hit stop and, and refresh. Refresh over and over and over, over again. And, no, it's got to be there. Come on. Uh, and occasionally, what do you do then? Then you close the browser and you relaunch the browser, thinking, well, it, it must be some problem that can be uh, can be solved by simply closing and reopening it again. And then I look over, and on my uh, my modem, there's just that light that says online, and that light is not lit. That light is completely off. So I do the only thing that a dumb American knows how to do. I just unplug it and then plug it back in, convinced that that will cure whatever ails the computer. And it doesn't. So then what do I do? I just unplug it and plug it back in like 50 more times in a row. It, convinced that at some point, it's like that you have to sort of haggle with the modem a little bit. Like you said, you have to sort of demonstrate to the modem that you really are sincere in your desire to get the Internet back up. And it just it didn't work. So... And occasionally I would wander back into the office sort of sadly. Like at this point, not even really needing the Internet for anything. Oh, Rick. Just, just being sort of pained that it wasn't there in case I needed it. It's like if you suddenly discovered your toilet didn't work. Like if your toilet didn't work and you didn't need to use the bathroom, but you knew that at some point you might, and you want to make sure that it's there and, like, sort of working. See, the Internet always works at my house, but my phone will sometimes just stop working, and that's all. That's an equally freaky kind of thought. Cause it's like, wait, I have people I'm going to meet. I, mean, I don't have any way to get a hold of And you realize you can't do anything. It's like losing. The Internet being out is the new losing your car keys. Uh, so is having your cell phone go dead. If your cell phone doesn't work, like that day I dropped my cell phone under the big mug of coffee, it's just like not. It's like losing your ring of keys because suddenly every single thing in your entire life just grinds to a halt. Anyway. So I think I think I might have been the only neighborhood that was plagued by that, but I finally after like two hours, I mean I was in the you know the and then, but but of course with the internet then couldn't Xbox no, couldn't do the Xbox either, and I thought well maybe I'll just amuse myself with uh, I'll answer email no, 
Maybe I'll download a, Maybe I'll download something interesting to watch. Maybe I'll watch one of those wacky South Park streaming online. No, I guess I can't do that. I think you use the internet more than me. I think so. Anyway. Well, I mean, because I guess I lived for, without it for a year at my house. Yeah, no, that's not. I haven't lived without the internet. When is the last time anybody here didn't have the internet? Sarah, it was. Well, like, you know, yeah, it was like four months ago. I remember I didn't have it for a year. Tim, when is the last time you did not have the internet at your place of residence? 1988, when I lived in Willamina. <laughs> That was a strangely specific answer. Really? It was. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the internet at my place of residence since 1996, 1997, something like that. Wow. So it's been a good decade. I mean, with every passing year, it just becomes more and more entrenched as like a thing you can't live without. Anyway, so so there you go. There's that. Um, anyway, oh, uh, a couple uh, brief uh, observations today. We'll do a few calls. We'll take a break. Lisa Desjardins coming up later on. We will not be speaking with Charlie Murphy today. I guess it's some like a medical issue with his kid. His kid like busted. Yeah, his kid cut his finger open there yeah. in the ER. Or something. So yeah, they're getting, tomorrow. Getting the kid all stitched up. So uh, tomorrow we'll be talking to Charlie Murphy. Friday. Uh, we'll be speaking to musician Jonathan Colton, who will come uh, and join us in the studio today. All right, let's. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. You are the hey, first Rick. call of the day. You're setting the tone for the entire program. Well, fantastic. Uh, related call to the internet one. I haven't watched South Park in like years, and I watched just the other day, and it was about them losing the internet and how everybody migrated to uh, Silicon Valley. So they could uh, they could have their chance at 40 seconds of internet. They stood in line at a uh, Red Cross uh, camp just to use 40 seconds of internet. Yeah, there and was. The cure, Go ahead. The cure for the internet was um, was there was a big deep uh, uh, router uh, at the internet center in Colorado, and Stan went up and unplugged it and plugged it back in. Fantastic. That's genius. All I saw of that episode, which was I guess last Wednesday. All I saw was, and it was because I think Comedy Central had posted it online, just a little centerpiece. It was where, it was where Stan's dad, uh, apparently, I think, I think the implication is he's getting ready to do porn surfing because he go, there's like the family computer in the living room, and he's like, uh, Daddy needs to use the computer. You kids go. Here's five dollars. Go to the movies. And he's like in his bathrobe, and he can't get the internet to work, and the mom can't check her email, and the kids can't download music, and it's just like the entire universe just sort of grinds to a halt. So, so yeah, so that was me for about two hours last night. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. No, no, no. Thank you. All right. Um, well, I have other stuff to get to, but we should probably take a break here in just a moment so that we don't get too terribly behind. Tim, you have this Miley Cyrus story? Yes. He says disgustedly. All right. So we have that to get to. Uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up. Uh, the Glorious Bastard of the Week and uh, and all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Exactly like a blog I saw about a guy who took off his BlackBerry screen and replaced it with another one because he had a scratch. So you this this is the I, I don't do know feel, I do feel fairly proud of it. I don't head. know what you call that kind of leash though, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. A retractable leash, leash. It's a retractable leash where it goes inside the plastic shell handle. And anyway, engineer Matt and I together. Had it been tangled or something? What was, it was the problem? It was totally it? tangled. It was it was not enough. I couldn't get it to work anymore. And so instead of forking out the money, I'm like I need to figure out how this works. So, so you took it apart and fixed it and then put it back together. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. No, you really ought to do. That is exactly the kind of thing that people love to read blogs about, and that it would be put up like to the to the top of dig.com or something, where it's you know. How I've to always wanted to see. Leash. Yeah, I've always wanted to see how one of those works, and um, 
So um, Matt and I were able to take it apart and put it back together. Got a couple things to do here. A, we're going to talk to Lisa Desjardins in like four minutes. Uh, B, we got Steve Castamon coming up at like 1150. Uh, at 110. I don't know what I'm doing today. <laughs> Uh, it's like you were talking about the guy who turns everything to Skittles. I just turn <laughs> yeah. everything to insanity today. I turn everything into unintelligibility. In uh, what world did I think I could take a big bite of that edamame ball and it wouldn't explode everywhere? We're all over the page today. So, yes, yeah, so Sarah has a big a, a bag of edamame, which are like little soy peas or something, right? Mm-hmm. And so you take out a big clump of them. It's like the size of a golf ball. And you touch it, and they just scatter into a million pieces all over the counter, which immediately made us think of the guy in the... The commercial where everything he touches turns to Skittles. God, that's such a genius. Okay, so then my question, though, was what happens if he touches Skittles? Yeah! Oh, Rick. Hey, and what came first, the chicken or the egg? No, no, no. I was thinking about that the other day, though, about, like, these are the sorts of things that I really do think about. And if he touches a person, do they turn to Skittles? If he touches Skittles, if he touches, like like, a lamp and it turns into Skittles, if he then touches the Skittles, maybe it turns back into the lamp. Maybe if he touches Skittles... But then it would be a million little lamps... See? But see, and also what bothered me about that commercial is that he's sitting in a chair. I was like, how come the chair wasn't Skittles? How come the floor isn't Skittles? Maybe it needs to be his, uh, maybe it needs to be like just like his actual touch. Maybe it actually has to touch his actual body. Nobody, I think he has glasses on too. And why wouldn't his clothing be turned to Skittles? The we need to get the creative team who made that Skittles commercial on. Need, we need to make various YouTube responses to this video right now. It has all kinds of... See, people didn't think there was any comedy. Like four minutes ago, we started talking about this. You thought it was stupid. Who's laughing now? Probably a lot of people. Or no one. Uh, So, all right. So later on, we're going to make a definitive list of questions about the Skittle commercial. We are going to spend nine minutes doing that later on. Skittle questions. Then we're going to find some email uh, address for the uh, the creative firm, and we're going to email these questions off and angrily, like disproportionately angrily, demand an answer. Um... Also this, so you were taking your leash apart, mm-hmm. and I noted that there's there's blogs where people will take stuff apart and they'll fix it. Like there's one where a guy took a BlackBerry screen off. There's a lot of blogs where it's like step-by-step uh, snapshots about how to take apart your iPod and fix that. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that either A, we could divide these into two categories, because this is the sort of stuff I think about. There's two things. There's A, um, stuff that is... Much more fascinating inside than you would think it is. Oh, yeah. And then there's B, stuff that you've never seen the inside of, but that you really, really want to. Uh, like a uh, like a thing that immediately leaps to mind is like a Teddy Ruxpin. Like one of those talking like teddy bear dolls from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how a Teddy Ruxpin actually works. I don't really know what the process is. Because the deal is you would put cassette tapes into the back of it, and you would hit play... And then the mouth of the Teddy Ruxpin would, would move, but, like, in correlation to the music. And I have no idea how that even operated. Teddy and, Ruxpins are creepy. And I have no idea how it operated, like, 25 years ago in, like, old-ass, crusty computer technology, and yet it was still only a foot high. It didn't make any sense. Also this, have you ever taken a golf ball apart? No, but that was the first thing that came to mind, because I know there's all kinds of fun stuff in there. See, when we were growing up, we were always told that a golf ball had, like, weird... There was always some mysterious goo that they claimed was at the center of a golf ball. That if you cut the golf ball in half and opened it up, that there was some kind of, I don't know, some strangely toxic, weird, radioactive, glowing substance inside. Or that at the very least, that it had some kind of a liquid center. That was the other thing we always heard, is that they had liquid centers that somehow uh, enabled them to bounce or it somehow enabled them to, to, to travel great distances and sort of... And as we aged, we figured out that the best way to sort of handle that was just to do it ourselves. So at one point, like in woodshop class, 
when the teacher had his back turned, uh, we did what they always caution you against, which is uh, to screw around. And so we took a golf ball and we mounted it into a vice and we just cut it open with a hacksaw. And I do have to admit that after years of growing up and hearing urban legends about what was inside a golf ball, it was actually with like a little bit of trepidation that we cut into the middle of it because, you know, you don't really know what's inside of there. Do you have any idea what's inside a, a, a golf ball? I can't even venture a guess. Thousands and if you had to guess, would you have any idea of what maybe, kind of substance? Uh, thread, like some kind of thready substance. It's not thread. It's thousands and thousands of rubber bands. It's, hmm. But it's rubber bands. Like, you ever see one of those rubber band balls that they sell at, like, Office Depot? There's a rubber band ball in the middle of the That's golf basically ball? what it is, but they're really, really tiny. Uh, they're miniature, like, very, very thin rubber bands uh, about, well, I guess a little smaller than the, than, the, than the ball itself. Just, it's a sphere made of tiny rubber bands with the white coating over the top of it. That's what's inside a golf ball. Weird. Here's another thing. You don't think about how these things work, but I bet they're fascinating. A pencil sharpener. You know, pencil sharpener is a pretty weird invention when you really think about it. And it's especially weird when you think about that that, that invention was it was created like 190 years ago. I couldn't make a pencil sharpener now if you put a gun to my head. If you locked me in a room and said, Rick, we are going to kill every member of your family unless you create a pencil sharpener, they'd all be dead because I have no idea how to do it. Some guy made that like 200 years ago. If you listen really carefully, you can hear that 18 to 44-year-old demographic increasing. Ladies and gentlemen, Pennsylvania, the city of the state of something. Just mangle that opening. Let's welcome now uh, Lisa Desjardins to the program. Hello. Hello. Do we have is the phone up there? Yeah. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Well, the music is blaring. It's delightful, but I, I can't really hear you guys. Hi. Where Where are you at oh, as we are. speak? I am in Philadelphia, the city of the brotherly love, as they say. And so are you at uh, one of the campaign headquarters? Are you at a polling place? Where are you at at the moment? <laughs> you know, as is typical, I feel very comfortable on the Rick Emerson show being completely honest and not having to do the most reporterly things during your show. We just, the campaign plane for Barack Obama just landed. We all got off. Barack Obama's doing an event with just some pooled press, which means just a handful. I couldn't go to that, so instead I'm looking for a radio shack. <laughs> For for what reason? <laughs> well, uh, brilliantly, I left my main audio recording device at his Pittsburgh event last night. So, All right, then. Uh, as, a, as a radio reporter, I'm hoping I can find something to record audio uh, for the rest of this historic day in Pennsylvania. So as we speak right now, you're actually on your way to a radio shack to endeavor to find some sort of on-the-fly audio recording device. Yes. I'm actually, and I'm looking at the radio shack right now. It's, it's a bit of a, it's, it's, it's a small uh, inner city radio shack. I, I don't know how this is going to go. How far away is the radio shack? As of, is it a dot on the horizon, or are you right there? I'm right here. It's right. I'm looking at it right across the street. Okay. Now, that. now do you yeah. mind? Do you mind if we stay with you as you walk into the radio shack and attempt to locate the item? I just, no, absolutely. And we, yeah, I think it's so bad. I feel like again we're veering away from the juicy. Uh, news nuggets that may, may be had. Well, that's okay. not... There's really nothing to report as of now. I mean, they're not going to start revealing. I mean, the results aren't going to come until later in the afternoon, and there's no irregularities right. of any kind that I know of, are there? Well, actually, the Justice Department did send out their crews, but you know, that wasn't for any specific reason. Barack Obama campaign early this morning indicated they had heard of maybe some voting problems in Philly, but when we checked it out, we really couldn't... Uh, get anything concrete. In fact, they, they backed off that a little bit. You know, he, he actually will be here till just about the end of voting, 
and then he's flying to Indiana, uh, where he'll hook up with John Mellencamp for his uh, next Indiana leg. He, he really, for Barack Obama, he's already. Do you suppose? On, do you suppose at this point the campaigns just preemptively claim that they've heard stories of voter irregularity just in case things don't go their way? So they they already have a sort of they've they've already got a foot in the door to file some sort of appeal or complaint or something. Yes, at, at this point I, it it feels that way. Though we haven't heard anything from Hillary Clinton, that may be because she expects to do much better than he. And meanwhile, it's not looking good in the Radio Shack. Plenty of um, home telephones, which all for some reason have a Virginia Tech number on them, you know, on the display. I will tell you this. If you, if you need to buy 50 feet of RCA cable, uh, they got you covered. Or perhaps a soldering iron. You could probably get one of those dirt cheap today. Yes, exa exactly. Yeah. Oh, actually, cassette tapes. Cassette tapes are here. You ought to you ought to go the full on old school where you have the huge like Marantz like cassette recorder <laughs> like around your neck. It's like the size of a car. It's just hanging. I, mean, on. I, could, I could do the old the old fashioned the actual tape, the actual reel to reel audio tape. You ought to uh, nice as well. Well, you know, as an American male, I will tell you this: I've prob uh, I've purchased probably nine hundred thousand dollars worth of electronic equipment at Radio Shack uh, over the years because no matter what you need, no matter what you're building, no matter what sort of evil <laughs> death ray you're constructing, you can find the mechanisms for it there. Yes, um, clearly. I mean, this is fantastic. There are, are cords in all kinds of configurations. Have you thought about asking for help? Well, I, 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 maybe after the phone call, if you want me to, I can... Uh, no, we'll, we'll listen in. Don't let us bother you. Just go do whatever you need to do. We'll listen in. This is a slice right. of life. Let's see. This gentleman is finishing up with a customer now. Ooh, excuse me, sir. Can I ask you, I'm looking for an audio recording device to record history today. <laughs> and it needs to have... Uh, yeah. It'd be great if it had an SD card and if I could record audio on mic level or line level and then also send it out. History. History. He's going to show me what he's got. Fantastic. By I, the way, the city of Portland, Oregon, with us as we walk. I do have to say, by the way, and I don't mean for this to sound creepy in any way, but the fact that you're just casually throwing around terms like SD card and mic and line level is completely hot. <laughs> I speak oh, for all. Go. Actually, I'm going to put him on the phone. You can listen. Can all right. I, would you mind sure. talking to my friends? No, right. All right. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So you. So the, what is your name, sir? My name's Chris. Chris, how you doing? How's uh, how's life at Radio Shack today? Hey man, it's great. You know, I got to tell you, I love your store. I've spent a lot of money at Radio Shack over the years purchasing various items, uh, and uh, I would say at this point, I got probably nine miles of cable in my basement that's sitting in a box that I purchased at Radio Shack. So, like at four in the morning, if I ever need to wire speakers to something, or if I ever need to run audio from my Xbox out to something else, I've got your fine products sitting in the basement of my house, just standing by. Awesome. We'll keep shopping. All right. So uh, are you able to, now our friend Lisa there is looking for some sort of recording device because she's going to be taping some of the campaign news today. Is that, uh, you think you're going to be able to help her out with that? Well, I mean, some of the stuff that she was uh, mentioning she's looking for, I'm not sure that we got it. We're just, uh, everything we pretty much got is just your basic digital recorder. So I mean, it'd be great for recording as they're speaking, but I mean, it's something that could be running uh, simultaneously to another source. So is this, uh, so you've got like maybe a, sort of a, like an iPod kind of thing that you could just, you could maybe hold up and it would record like right into, uh, right into a hard drive or something or onto a car? Right, and then uh, she just plugs it right into a USB port on the All computer. Right. Excellent. So where is, where is Lisa now? Is she vainly wandering the aisles? What is she doing? No, nope, she's standing right here beside me. All right, okay. Uh, can you, you can just go ahead and hand the phone back to her. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day, sir. Yeah, you too, man. Take care. All right, there you go. So this is this is it right here. Yeah, one of these. One of these two right here. Okay. Sixty-nine minutes or one hundred thirty-eight. Okay. All right. Sure.
I, I am actually looking at these. They do have the larger cassette recorders, and I'm, I'm tempted, 25% off. Do they also have the obligatory display towards the front where it's a bunch of mechanized toys that run around and scream at each other, making high-pitched beeping noises all day long? No, no, they do not, but I'm walking to the very back of the store where there's uh, a C-3PO Star Wars replica helmet on clearance. Okay, really? Let me tell you this right now. I know that as a, as a journalist, you're always looking to make your mark. Nothing will distinguish you from the rest of the journalistic pack faster than to be dressed as a mythical android. <laughs> Isn't that true? I'm saying it could be your thing. It could be, you know what I mean? It could be like a... You know, it, it, it could be like, uh, um, uh, you know, like Pope Benedict XVI with his ruby slippers. <laughs> I'm just saying, you could be, it could be like, it could be like the golden stripes upon the robe of William Rehnquist. <laughs> wow. Right. It, it does have some appeal. I don't know. I think I'd rather just get a fez. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, well, I, I'll let you go here. And sort of, so, yeah, What's your feeling yeah? tonight? I want to get your guess. What's your feeling for, uh, for Pennsylvania? Do you have any sense how um, it's going to go? Well, I mean, now, is this tr I guess we should actually talk about news here. Is, is it true that there was some internal polling memo leaked from the Clinton campaign where they were calling it an 11-point victory? That was their prediction? Yeah, we've heard that, but there, there are apparently competing memos within the Clinton uh, sort of entourage, and there was also apparently an internal poll that showed more than that. Uh, in CNN's policies, we don't report the internal polling or those internal memos as uh, because they're, it's not polling that we, we don't know what their methods are. But, yeah, that, that's what the Clinton campaign is expecting. And, in fact, the poll of polls has shown her, which, which we can report, and we know all the, that methodology uh, shows an increase today for her. I think she's got now an eight-point spread in that poll of polls. You know, but, but, but who knows? We just we don't know till the fat lady sings, as they say. It just seems like there is there is so much of uh, of a wave with Barack Obama, and there is sort of a sense of inevitability. There is a sense on it. My gut sense, just as an observer, is that the Hillary Clinton campaign is on is on sort of the slow fade, and and I think it is just it's human nature that people obviously want to be with the winning team. You want to be out front with that, and I. I as much as I sort of root for the discord that a Hillary nomination would bring, uh, at this point I'm saying she'll probably win it, but certainly, certainly not a double-digit victory. It'll be, it'll be in the mid to high single digits. That's my prediction. I, I, I almost am feeling more on the high side. We'll, we'll see. We've all been surprised before, but you know, Pennsylvania. Don't under. I really. It's been great to be here because I, I truly underestimated the degree uh, to which this state is a little bit hard scrabble. You know, Barack Obama is selling hard the inspiration. People like watching that in their movies, but when they go out and vote here in Pennsylvania after two decades of losing jobs, uh, they're, you know, I think they're looking for something a little more firm and somebody who, who I guess can throw some more punches, or they think, they think she can anyway. You know, so I, I think that it's the inspiration versus sort of, uh, you know, confidence that Hillary Clinton is putting out there that I, I think it's I think Pennsylvania is different than other states that way. I would say I, I think that that fade you're feeling for Hillary Clinton, I don't feel it here the same way. I would also say that I, I think that at some point the sort of perceived smoothness and unflappability of Barack Obama might become some sort of a low grade liability because I think that you gotta be very careful with that. I think it's a fine line to walk because at a certain point that sort of 
the idea that he's just sort of um, uh, that he is constantly sort of unruffled by things. I think that unruffleability can occasionally look as though he just isn't invested. That he just that he just isn't that energized about it. So I think that's going to be a fine line for him to walk as he as he goes forward, making sure that he doesn't just simply look above it and disengaged because they're going to try so hard to tag him with that that elitist you know label anyway. It is very possible. Yesterday, he started out at a very small town hall, and it was a, a wild day because it went from that town hall, which felt like sort of overnight on NPR. It was very everyone talking very slowly, very seriously about these issues, to his rally in Pittsburgh, uh, which, which was just essentially kind of uh, a giant mascot of a mountain man with a big uh, microphone. I mean, he really it's sort of like engaging. Like, he was much more... Uh, he really has the two different Obamas that he uses. He he is just a fantastic rallier, and that's what you see most of the time. But also yesterday, he took that time and sat down and was kind of Mr. More policy wonk, softer, almost a Mr. Rogers type Obama. The great thing is, I've been I've been really steadily impressed with his learning curve and how quickly. For example, on the stump, he went from being a little awkward and uncomfortable to really being very, very, very polished and very silver-tongued in a lot of his oration. It's a, It's been a pretty impressive um, evolution to watch, I think, just over the last year or so. All right, uh, I, I know you've got a, a billion things going on today, not least of which is trying to find the right size of battery for whatever contraption it is you ended up purchasing. So, All right, so uh, are you on tomorrow? That sounds like a silly question, but are you going to be on tomorrow or are you going to be traveling? I should be on tomorrow. I I think I will be I will be as is typical on my way to the airport around this time. So we should be able to talk. It's not confirmed yet, but we should be. All right. Uh, so until then, uh, best of luck technologically, journalistically, politically, and otherwise. <laughs> and uh, we will have speaks with you very soon. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Lisa. All right. There you go. That's uh, Lisa Desjardins. Oh, I missed the. Uh, I've got questions. She's got answers. Pun. I should have done that at the end. All right. I just love her. Really, honestly, I that's really She has absolutely no fear. It's <laughs> just the sort of radio you only get here. Um, let's see. We've got some observations about uh, stuff happening here, but well, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Um, I just wanted to point out Dennis Farina, uh, besides being a drunk or a detective, he was a We're not saying boss. he's a drunk in real life, by the way. We're saying that he no, plays a drunk in many, many of his film roles. Yes, I was referring to his roles. Yeah. He also plays a mob boss in a movie called Midnight Run, Charles Grodin. Oh, and, and Robert De Niro. Yes. Yeah, I forgot all about that. He always kind of plays... He kind of plays a heavy, you know what I mean? And always sort of an East Coast kind of, uh, he plays what Woody Allen would call a schnook. A guy who's, yes. you know, who's kind of rumpled, kind of, you know, kind of have his, has his crap together, but a little, a little uh, you know, but a little rough around the edges. That's what Dennis Farina does. Absolutely. And in that movie, he has some of the best lines. I go, shut up or I'll bury this telephone in your head or I'll stab you through the heart with a pencil. I that sounds right along the same lines as paparazzi. I told this story a couple weeks ago, but at one point when I was about 17, 18, something like that, I went to the video store and wanting to rent Midnight Run with the kooky comedy with Robert De Niro and Charles Rogan. And I, rent, I rented Midnight Express instead, <laughs> which is like a Turkish prison and shower rape for two hours. As, 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 I remember as I was at the scene where What's-His-Name was being hung upside down by his ankles and they were beating the soles of his feet with a mallet, I was thinking to myself, this is not a comedy. I, I don't see Charles Grodin anywhere. So, all right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. Okay, that was great. Uh, I love today. All right. Um, 
Rick, when I was growing up, our dog chewed up a golf ball, revealing the rubber band ball. We figured if you took the outer shell off and threw the ball against the ground and walls, the rubber bands would break off and start shooting everywhere. That's totally true. So if you cut a golf ball in half, or if you're able to, um, we ought to do this on the air. We got a vice and a saw and everything in the back room. Matt's got the shop back there. I want to do the inside of a golf ball today. It's good to have goals. Um, So, yeah, if you can peel off the outer coating of a golf ball, and there's just this tightly wrapped rubber uh, band ball inside, if you throw it at the ground, every time you do that, the shock causes some of the rubber bands to disintegrate, and they fly off in every direction. He says it was an awesome weapon to throw near people, as hundreds of tiny stinging shards would come off and (laughs) whip people's faces and arms. Oh, we've got to try that in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Rick. The guy who turns everything into Skittles is like King Midas. Only the touch from his hands turns things to Skittles. He mentions that he can't touch his child because it was turned into Skittles. Obviously, he gets someone else to dress him and uses his feet or elbows to get to work. (laughs) Says, man, the pencil sharpener wasn't invented until the early 1900s. Prior to its invention, you had to use a knife. Um, All right, let's see here. What else do we have? Um, Rick. It is okay. This there's another one. This guy says it's his hands touching an object, which is why he's shown with his hands up. Plus, he mentions needing to be dressed in the morning. See, I think there must be more than one Skittle commercial. Is there a series of them? I just remember there um, the one where he's staying at the desk and someone's like, "Hey, did you see what you know Bob can do?" Or and the, and the phone rings. Yeah. But that also smacks of unreality because don't you think at that point he would know not to answer the phone, unless it's a recently acquired skill slash curse. Could I mean, happen. maybe it's something he just woke up. He just woke up one day, it just it reached over and turned off the alarm clock, and <laughs> alarm clock into Skittles. He says, since he touches everything to Skittles, if he touched a Skittle, nothing would happen. I do imagine him, though, as a superhero, Skit, and he touches bad guys as they run away. They burst into Skittles as children run out to eat their candy remains. <laughs> That's fantastic. We ought to be writing sequels to these commercials. Hi, you're on the, on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, my God, you're just, you're just right to me, huh? And here you are, sir. Yeah, okay, uh... I'm going to try to phrase this as carefully as possible. Uh, the if if he were to say to now, I'm, I'm, hold on. I know. Now is this a thing you really want to be saying, sir? Yeah, I think it's okay. I think I can phrase it correctly. I I, I don't think you're going to have to dump it. You you know, be ready to just in case. But I'll use very you very know, I think PG I've language. Lost, I think I've lost my popcorn sounder, Sarah. I don't think we have the popcorn music. Oh, no need to pop. Oh wait, hold on. Wait, is this? Do we have the? Uh, is it? Do I have? You can't even the popcorn. No, that's not. That's the popcorn and the juice harp. No, I don't have anything. Uh, all right, go ahead, sir. Well, just to say, say if he were say touching, you know, a part of his body. Okay. Now, obviously, if he just touched, you know, if he touched himself anywhere, that wouldn't turn into skittle. But now, would it be considered, say, if he touched a certain part of his body, and then something as an end result might happen? Okay. Would that be considered Skeetles? Skeetles. Skeetles, like skeet? No? Is that... Okay. Not, not at all? I, I, I think... Here's the thing. I think the... <laughs> That's the best assessment of this call. Um, I... Uh, here's the thing. I think the, the necessary vagueness that must be applied to this call because of the FCC's rather childlike approach towards human sexuality yes. and yes. body parts results in a call that is, as Sarah said, somewhat difficult to execute properly. But I, I'm thinking everyone got it. Perhaps. perhaps your, your, audience, audience, please. your audience was already there. You know, you know what this might be, though? This is like uh, when you translate a joke into Japanese and then back into English, and it ends up being something like, I eat your waxen family. 
You never can tell. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Bite the wax tadpole. Hello. What's happening in the background there? Oh, it's the radio, I think. <laughs> hey, uh, that sound effect from Oprah yesterday? Yeah. You should be playing that with the. You remember the Super Bowl? That freak commercial with the guy going. Oh, know? the talking, the talking stuff. Ooh, give me just one second. Yeah, you should. Hold you on. Combo that with the Obama, you know. Sarah, do you have the stain? You know what? I'm looking at my email. Stain. Talking stain. <laughs> do you have the stain? Sounds like something from Carrie. Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. My daughter has the stain. Wait, hold on a second. I need to download. That. All right, I've got the. Uh, oh. That. All right. So you mean some sort of talking stain Oprah winner hybrid, sir? Yeah, dude. Like combo it up. I know you can do it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your confidence in my skills, my friend. What's your name? Andrew. All right, Andrew. Are you spreading the word about the Rick Emerson Radio Program? Yeah, we are. It's, dude, our crew listens to it every day. What is uh, where where what? are you working at? Uh, we're doing. We install windows. All right. For, uh, in Portland. How many How many people are at? Is it uh, are you in different right places? Now, or are you all kind of one place there? Yeah, there's just two of us right now. Our crew, our uh, crew is split. All right. Okay. You, you want to uh, can you want to give a shout out to those who are not there with you? Oh, uh, I don't think they're listening. I think we have the radio. <laughs> so wait, there's only one radio? Uh, actually, the other one broke recently. So how many? How many total people in your crew? Uh, five. Five. So there's yeah. two of you. So really, of the so there's sixty percent of you right now not able to listen. Uh, maybe they might have like some like the the homeowner at that house might have a radio going and they, they might be lucky. They might be hijacking the guy's radio to listen to this exactly. program, whether or not he's aware of you it. You know, right. like like the freaking garage radio that the old man has all the time, and mm -hmm. you can tap into it. Maybe it, it totally. The old, yeah, dusty one. My dad has that too. <laughs> my dad has that too. Every guy. That's an interesting thing. Every dad or guy has the dusty garage like, radio. And it's always old and outdated. There's never a new radio. <laughs> no, in the garage. no, it's exactly. It's like it comes with the garage. Yeah. And it always. It's always on either two things. Uh, well, that also. It's always on either talk player. radio or country. Mm-hmm. Well, like that CD player that's always in it too is always the old like. 17-year-old CD player. It's always the big, works, right? or like the big boom box with the CD player on the top, and it's got paint spatter on the top of it. Yep. All right. Yep. And the, it, like, spins loosely inside, and half the time the CD comes loose. <laughs> and yes. it, just, it spins, and it just can never find the track, and finally it just goes, and there's just that digital line across the front. Exactly. All right. Excellent. Thank right, you, well, my friend. Well, let's do this. All right, man, yeah, I want to hear that. I want to hear some sound effects today. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, do, we'll do it for you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, buddy. All right. There you go. Thank you. All right. You ready, Rick? I'm still back on the weird old guy garage radio thing. All right. Somebody, that's some observational comic uh, ought to be putting that into his routine right now. All right. I've got the Oprah thing. What do you have over there? Hold on. I think it's got to, I've got to put it higher in the uh, cardomatic. All right. Let's try it again. Let's. We should try by the end of the program to find the single most annoying combination of three sounds. Okay, let's let's. All right, I'm going. I put it toward the end when he starts going. All right. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> okay, let's try that one one more time. That was pretty good. I don't have the Connie Chung thing. But I think if we... Uh, I have the Howard Dean screen. We should try to design our own car alarm. And this is... <laughs> imagine if you went and bumped a car and it started making this noise. All right. All right. So should, should I do the Howard Dean screen at yeah, the same time? So, okay. One. All right. Wait. So not on three, but, you know, after three. Okay. One. One. Two. two three.
Okay, we have clearly this is going to take some fine tuning. No, I now, we'll come back to this later on okay. in the program. Whether you like it or not. All right. Andrew, that one was for you. Uh, all right. Tim Riley, have your news for us. Yes. It's very exciting. <laughs> Back after this, uh, let's see, uh, more phone calls around the corner. Later on, Steve Katzenbaum, Steve. Uh, Dog is up, Steve. What? Uh, Steve, we have it. Jim Roman. Back into this. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Rick, how about that car alarm you're working on? You just need Jim Carrey's most annoying sound ever from Dumb and Dumber. I hadn't even thought about that one. Oh, I'm so ashamed. Oh, me too. I don't deserve to live. 503-733-2970. Still to come, Steve Kastenbaum. James Roop. Uh, the top five coming up uh, later on today. Charlie Murphy tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow in the studio, Storm Large will be joining us. And Friday, the musical stylings of Jonathan Colton. But ladies and gentlemen, the real reason you're here today. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man is killed in an odd crash on I-84. So this woman was driving her truck along, I-84. Her uncle, right next to her, is sound asleep. All of a sudden, the sleeping uncle suddenly awakes and yells at the driver's name, grabs the steering wheel, causing the pickup to veer into the gravel medium shoulder and rolls the truck. With his hand still on the steering wheel, he swerved hard, causing it to rotate and go right across the highway and roll again. It rolled into the fence, came to rest on the stop, a sleeping uncle who woke up who caused the accident ended up being dead. Uh, he was using a seatbelt at the time. And uh, the other woman who was actually driving the car only had minor injuries. Now, how do they know that this is... I'm not saying it's not what happened, nor am I postulating... I would imagine this is the claim by the driver who's the niece. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not... Uh, I'm not... Uh, that making, Uncle Walter was sleeping. I'm not making any sort of a claim or supposition about what might or might not have happened. But that's, I'm just saying that's a little odd, don't you think? So he wakes up out of a sound sleep, calls her name, which is uh, Janie. Janie! And grabs the steering wheel, drives it into a ditch and rolls it. He gets killed. She's alive. Hmm. They were both wearing seatbelts. I'm just saying it's a little interesting. That's it, all it I'm, is. And so this is, this is, I guess, based on her re re recollection or recreation of, of the incident? Yes. Hmm. All right. So, so Uncle Walter is no longer with us. Was Uncle Walter, does it say in the story, if he was known to be uh, crazy in some way? No, we don't go into the life story of Uncle Walter. He doesn't. Uh, there's no. This is a police report. No observations about the mental state of Uncle Walter uh, prior to the alleged wheel grabbing. No. Janie was not asked that. Um, okay. Well, you know, if there's more to come out, Tim, it'll come out eventually. I'm just saying it's a little bit of an odd story. Yeah, it is. But you want to sound sick. Janie grabs the wheel and rolls the truck. But he got killed. Especially because, what kind of truck was it? What kind of a truck was it? Does it say? I mean, if it was... It uh, was a Ford Ranger pickup. Is that a... Okay, well, that's not an SUV, though. No, it isn't. Uh, see, that's also kind of weird because, I mean, I don't know that much about cars, but it doesn't seem like that truck is very high-centered. It, it's not like it's a... It doesn't have a high center of gravity the way that... Uh, you know, like if you're driving like, like, a, like a Land Cruiser or something, mm -hmm. and you grab the wheel, especially on a new one because it has, you know, what with the power steering and all, 
and you grab the wheel and you're going forward, that's a thing where you could roll into a ditch or you could turn over or whatever. Maybe it was a death grip. Does it say? Does, does it say? So it was a ditch, like just a regular irrigation ditch. It wasn't like well, a you ravine. Know, up the highway. To, uh, let's see. It has to be a pretty big ditch if that if a if a pickup truck is actually going to roll over. Mm-hmm. So it rolled in, in to the left in the gravel medium shoulder with the sandstill on the wheel. Uncle Walter steered hard to the right, causing the pickup to rotate as it moved back into the eastbound lane, so he overcorrected. The pickup drove off the right shoulder, rolled over a fence, and came to rest on its top. It seems strange that, I mean, clearly he's dead, but it seems strange that that would kill you also, especially if he's belted in. It's not like they hit anything. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like uh, like the truck well, suffered. He rolled it. Maybe that... he was noggin on, uh, on the ceiling. Well, I guess that's possible. All right. Well, we'll never know, Tim. Weird things happen on that road. It's, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I never drive past like the airport exit because weird things happen after that. <laughs> it's, you just, it, it's uh, a thing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you talked about this already, but um, did you see the meatloaf cellular phone commercial? Oh yeah, a couple weeks ago for the uh, the the Go Phone uh, thing. <laughs> okay. Did you uh, did you spot did you spot who's playing his wife? No. That'd be 80s pop sensation Tiffany. <laughs> I had also a piece of advice for Sarah. Okay. Let me ask uh, before we go any further. No, is it's this totally clean? Totally no, I'm. Nothing. I, I understand, sir. I'm simply. Yeah. I'm making. I'm just trying to figure out what you're where you're going here. Is this? Oh. Is this a? Is this a dating advice? B social advice? C musical advice? Or D advice about some aspect of her health? Probably the fourth thing, actually. About health. Sarah, listen up. Uh, what is your name, sir? Charlie. Charlie has health tips for you. Um, I heard she's dating. It's kind of a relationship, too. I heard she's dating <laughs> a dairy farmer. I'm a dairy farmer, and my advice to her was, if she's serious, she should go buy herself a pair of rubber boots. Because at the dairy, you get kind of muddy. All right. Thank you. Good. Well, well noted, sir. Maybe she'll appear in one of those commercials, Got Milk with the milk mustache on the billboard. And now, and now he's gone. All right, now don't give the don't give the listeners any idea. They got they got free time in Photoshop, Tim. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, here's another crazy thing from Kent. A 17 year old girl talking on her cell phone was hit and killed by a train while she was talking while crossing the railroad tracks. Uh, Kent police spokesman said witnesses reported the girl was crossing the Burlington Northern Santa Fe railroad tracks when she was hit by an Amtrak train. It appears to be a very tragic accident. At, it's time to remind people that walking or crossing tracks at any time is dangerous. Trains go fast on the tracks. Sometimes they beep their horns. Woo woo. Be careful when you're crossing the tracks, especially if you're talking on a cell phone, regardless of where you are. Are you always a little suspicious of these stories, though? Because it's not like the train sneaks up on you. I mean, how? I don't care if the train's going a thousand miles an hour. Is that in what world would you not notice that a train is coming? I mean, how distracted could you possibly be? I mean, it shakes the ground like an earthquake. Except for the Max train. But this wasn't. Was this a regular train? Was this a Max train, or was no, this, this like was a, a an Amtrak? A Freightliner. An well, Amtrak. it an Amtrak? It's a heavy train. But I mean, even an Amtrak. I mean, you can feel that coming probably half a mile away because it rattles the ground and it's loud and so forth. So, well, well, kids uh, think they're going to live forever. Well, I mean, honestly, it, it, yeah, it's, if you don't notice uh, a 75-ton train coming at you, then, you know, maybe you, maybe you just weren't cut out for stuff. Here's Tim Riley. Well, a carnival left town, but a piece of thumb was left behind. Authorities were called shortly after midnight Sunday to break up a fight involving drunken off-duty carnival workers, apparently arguing about taking breaks. 
During the fight, a 49-year-old man from Santa Cruz, California, at least he has a home, had the top of his thumb bitten off. The police dog named Tico reportedly found the thumb, but surgeons at Rogue Valley Medical Center say they couldn't reattach it, and they had to remove the exposed bone. If I was, uh, if I had part of my thumb bitten up, so so the guy, so they're arguing about taking breaks at the carnival. At the um, what is that video game that came out a couple years ago, Carn Evil? Um, so the two carnies are fighting. Yeah. One carny clamps his teeth down on the other carny's thumb, bites down. Are you getting ahead of the story here? I'm, I'm, I'm acting it out of the studio by, like, yanking my head back. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, roughly ten hours after the first fight, a man and his brother were attacked by four other carnies as they prepared to depart Medford. The man with a newly disfigured thumb got hit in the face with a tree branch and was kicked and punched until a woman driving by scared the attackers off, honking her horn and calling 911. Uh, so we have a 21-year-old Brian Sayward, 37-year-old Joseph Pollock, and 24-year-old James Neal arrested for disorderly conduct. The three all like permanent addresses. <laughs> Is that how they politely put uh, that now? Yes, all remain in the Jackson County Jail on $35,000 oh, I'm sorry, $35,000 bail age. After searching the carnival grounds, police found Donald Johnson hiding in a semi. Johnson is the man suspected of swinging the branch and was charged with disorderly conduct, harassment, and assault. He remained in jail on a million dollars bail. Then we have another man, Elias French of Milwaukee. He was arrested by a police trying to... Uh, oh, he was uh, part of the initial melee. He's charged with disorderly conduct, resisting arrest. He was taken to jail. He has since been released. Does it seem like some of this bail is, is occasionally sent comically high, especially when, when, it's, when it's a homeless... I'm sorry. When well, he lacks right. a permanent address? Mm -hmm. He doesn't... He lacks a permanent address. He's a carny. He doesn't have 15 cents to scrape together. Bail, $1 million. That seems like the, where the judge is just sort of doing that for his own personal amusement. Well, here's the worst part. All the men involved in the fights have been fired, says Geraldine Davis, one of the owners of Davis Shows Northwest. This is the uh, traveling show based in Clackamas. Also, this, <laughs> this is a Clackamas traveling carnival. How, how, how far could it travel in Clackamas? I mean, really, what well, is they, it? Well, they traveled all the way to Medford, so it made it there. Well, we're just going to uh, go from the Bethany Street Mall down to the Sonic Burger, and then back. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, look for the uh, traveling... Uh, look for the traveling, traveling carnies near you. Um, so the guy bites down on the other guy's thumb and then yanks back and sort of takes all the... Like, takes all the thumb part off, but the bone is left behind. Yeah. And they can't reattach the thumb, so they had to amputate the bone. If I was that guy, I would have them just, like, leave the bone. Do you know what I mean? I'd have them, like, heal the thumb part... But then just leave the extended inch of bone, and I'd have it sharpened down, and I'd use it to open letters with. And to frighten small children. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, this comes to us from Kenmore, Washington. Three girls from a synchronized swim team fainted simultaneously and went under at the deep end of a public pool in this uh, swank Seattle suburb while practicing holding their breath. Others around the indoor pool at St. Edward State Park also felt faint and dizzy, and fire officials are asking the Seattle King County Public Works Department to check the chlorine level in the water following this frightful episode. They were practicing synchronized sinking, Tim. The swimmers, ages 11, 12, and 13, had been at the Kenmore Pool for about 15 minutes when they began having difficulty. One of them was uh, hanging onto a rope, and a coach saw her slip underwater. The coach jumped in, pulled her out, then looked back and saw two other girls at the bottom of the pool... A lifeguard and another coach aided in the rescue. A fourth girl swam to the side of the pool, and she, too, began to be dizzy and unsure where she was or how she got there. And the mother of a team member blacked out while bending over. This seems like a bad chain of events. It does. This is like that story from 
Well, there's some story from Kenya or something a while back where a guy dropped his cell phone into a sewer and fell in to get it. And then like 900 other guys from the town all fell in after him because they would just lean over. And, Bob, are you down there? And then they would be overcome by fumes and tum tumble in. So this bell is basically a warm-up that the girls had been doing for many months. Uh, and uh, let's see. Oh, they were swimming laps at the same time and complained that their hands tingled. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up. Get back in the water. Winners never quit. So the air at the pool will also be tested. It doesn't appear to be abnormal so far. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So it's just one of those things. Kids probably made it up. All right. So here's we've got an observation about trains, an observation about Planes. the flipping truck, an observation about a golf ball, or a mystery call. Mystery call. All right. Uh, hello, mystery call. You're on the air. Fantastic. That's timing right there. What's up? Hey, you know, back in the day, my brother and I were on a vacation up in uh, uh, Canada. We're driving along. It's a long day. We've been on the road for about nine, ten hours. Decided, started talking about how we used to hold our breath when we had a pool and we'd see if we could swim around the outside of the pool. Decided to have a breath holding contest while driving through the mountains after not eating for eight hours. Wait, how old were you? Oh, let's see. I would have been about uh, sixteen or seventeen. That makes the story ever so much better. Okay. Uh, he was older though. He was uh, he was like uh, twenty-one or two. Wonderful. Yeah. So you're at a high elevation. You're malnourished, and you decide to hold your breath while driving. Yeah, now, he was the one driving. I want to clarify that right uh -huh. up front. Just him and Uncle Walter. Yeah, pretty much. So then uh, we're driving on Going to the Sun Road in uh, Glacier National Park in Montana. Hold our breath. He blacked out within like 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. I have to step back. I would said, well, wait a minute, Tim. Maybe we shouldn't do this because <laughs> we might black out. And he goes, well, if I black out, then just reach over and grab the wheel. If you black out, I'll laugh at you. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So he blacks out after like 10 seconds. He blacks out in 10 seconds. I reach over to grab the wheel, thinking he's being a jerk. Reach over to grab the wheel. His hands then collapse off the wheel, knocking my hand off. We hit the side of the road. Everything is bouncing. Zip, bang, boom, we're on the, on the roof. Fantastic. And, but, you're, but you're not dead. No, no, no. We were only doing about you know, 35, 40, so we just kind of... Just flipped right over and I don't think you're supposed to black out in 10 seconds, regardless of what your physical condition is. I think if holding your breath for more than 10 seconds causes you to lose consciousness, there may be larger issues at play. Well, I've always said he was a pussy. You so. might. I'm just saying, it might be some sort of a chest X-ray call I for did, there. I didn't. I didn't black out. It was all him. He all wrecked right. his own car. Luckily. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. The OSP arrested a Seattle man accused of assaulting a woman and stealing her SUV south of Portland. Uh, the victim reported that a man flanged her down near Wilsonville. Bad move to stop, really, and make an inquiry. When she rolled down her window, the man forced his way in, saying he needed a ride. He later assaulted her and drove away without her. Uh, state troopers later spotted the SUV on I-5 and followed it to Kaiser, where it crashed after running uh, over a spike strip. Uh, Don Marlowe has been charged with robbery, assault, theft, criminal mischief, attempting to elude an authorized use of vehicle. He's been taken to Marion County Jail. Uh, so you best not to stop me, Good Samaritan. That's what the Auto Club is for. Call them next time. Uh, highway work is finally underway to relieve I-5, the big bottleneck near Delta Park. When you try to get to the Cove, that best there. The southbound lanes, are, let's see, there are two lanes there. It generally creates a serious backup that stretches northward, well into Vancouver. Each and every workday, about 60,000 people commute from Clark County to make their way with the good-paying jobs are here in Portland. The Delta Park two-lane stretch is not the only place where traffic gets clogged, but it's one of the worst. So, after about two and a half years of construction, after spending $70 million, those particular problems should be over. Of course, it won't end with I-5 uh, traveling. That's why they're planning on a brand new I-5 bridge. But solutions to that problem 
are miles and many years and hundreds of million dollars away. You know, here's something I think about sometimes. I occasionally, like if you're, if I'm leaving work and if I have to go somewhere else, like if I, like if it's Wednesday and Terry and I are heading out to do her thing, or if I have to like, I don't know, go to meet a client or whatever, I'll leave and I'll try to get out of here maybe earlier, you know, to get on my way so as to not get caught in the traffic. So I'll try to leave at like 4. But if it doesn't matter where I'm going, if I'm getting on the 26 or if I'm getting on the I-84 or perhaps the, the I-5, the, the, the I-5? The I-5. You the Californian? No, the, the, the I-5 and the I-84. Um, it doesn't matter if it's at 3.30. But it's at any time after about 3 p.m., those roads are clogged, which does sort of beg the question, shouldn't all of those people... I mean, I, we're sort of, uh, you know, uh, spoiled a little bit here in that we have kind of flexible schedules. We can sort of come in a little late if we need to, stay a little late if we have to, you know, leave a little early if we have to. You know, it's like, sort of as long as the work gets done. Um but I realize that not everybody has a job like that. So whenever I sneak out of here at like 4 o'clock or something in the afternoon, and I get on the road, and I just see that it's already clogged up, the question is, why aren't all those people at work? I mean, it just it's, it's like that day that you and I were broadcasting from the Seahawks game, and that everybody in Seattle was apparently unemployed that day because they were all coming to the game. I sort of wonder about all of those. I look around on the road, and I just think about the thousands of man hours that are being lost uh, by people who really ought to be at work and aren't for some reason. Not unlike certain members of uh, of the Rick Emerson extended showcast, who really send a disproportionate amount of emails during the hours of nine and five, and I kind of wonder if any work at all is being done at that person's place of employment. And you know, you know who you are. Yeah, you know who you are. And this person has these long, thought out, like really well crafted emails, so they can't be doing anything else. Let me also point this out. What Some, type of work would this person be doing? Well, I'm not going to identify the person, and here's why, Tim. Because yesterday, uh, there's uh, someone who shall remain name, remain nameless, but who is I can't talk today. Uh, somebody who shall remain nameless, but who is known to all of us who sent us an email yesterday, which I'm sure he would then claim to the HR department was a joke, but something about. What was he looking up? Guns or office shootings? Yes. <laughs> he was something. I'm busy Googling office shootings here at work, but I wanted to take take this moment to make an observation about marbles or whatever. And it's like had sent sent to show some email about something or other, but actually so said. Like it's just yeah, it's like minutes ticking away until I I need a gun and a clock tower yeah, or something. At, at one point, really honestly, in the email, did make an observation about becoming a workplace shooter, and that's the sort of thing that I think perhaps one might think twice and perhaps thrice about. Because, you know, all that stuff just goes into a big hard drive somewhere. And the day that they need to downsize, that's going to be Exhibit A as you're sitting across from the <laughs> HR person. Uh, pardon me, uh, Mr. Smith. Is this, is, this, is this your email that refers to the time of cleansing being at hand? All right. I'm good with people. <laughs> I deal with the goddamn customers. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, um, I was going to tell you about the golf balls uh, about 40 years ago. Uh, we were heard that same story about the white stuff being inside uh, of the golf ball. Yeah. yeah. So we get the hacksaw out and the vise, and we start cutting it open. Yeah, like you said, there's about a billion rubber bands in there, and we just keep going and keep going. All of a sudden, this white, sticky, awful stuff shot me in the face about a billion miles an hour. <laughs> so it is true. Well, we've all had that experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna, you know, relate it to some movie experience, but I thought that wouldn't. So be this is well. So this is maybe. Uh, so this would have been what, like 1960 something? Yeah. Maybe that was a different like, time. Maybe maybe golf balls were just. Maybe it wasn't with... a golf ball, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a golf ball. Did it scream? <laughs> I'm sure they're not that way anymore because that's probably too dangerous because kids were getting their eyes put out. Yeah, it seems like that might have been a time when golf balls were just filled with some sort of unholy sludge. 
And that's true. So I just was going to warn you, if you're going to cut one open today, put your goggles on and make sure your mouth is closed when you get to the center of it. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Advice with golf balls. I bet Matt balls. has golf balls, uh, or uh, goggles for <laughs> I bet Matt has golf balls. He really needs to go to the doctor about that. He also has beer nuts. <laughs> Matt, I'm sorry, we heard you had... Uh, we heard... What about some Bangkok fish balls? We, he has those? We, we heard you had beer nuts, so we're going to pass a card around the office today. <laughs> uh, here's Tim Riley, comedy. Uh, to all of the man is recovering from a stabbing that left a broken piece of knife stuck in his skull. Clackamas County Sheriff's Office said Annual Noak was attacked in a parking lot last week while exchanging personal property with a woman he knows. The woman arrived with Josiah Israel Demir, and Demir is accused of stabbing Nowak in an unprovoked attack. The authorities arrested Demir on Monday after a one-hour standoff in Portland. The 33-year-old has been sent to the Clackamas County Jail. And the man is still recovering after that, that broken piece of knife blade was stuck in his skull. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hey, after that uh, that golf ball thing, could you guys please play the uh, Mr. Bucket theme there? Uh, maybe maybe into the break, sir. No, I was going to comment about the, um, about the traffic there. We have a family rule. You do not get on the 205 any weekday after 4 p.m. Because it's just because you're never going to move. It's going to be some weird alternate hell reality where time stops. Really, anywhere between, say, I don't know, Stark and, say, uh, Clackamas area. Yeah, just take 92nd. Well, it, I'm sorry. Please, everybody stay off of 92nd. Or just build yourself like a, build a hang glider or something. It's going to be faster. Right. Uh, and the, the common term for um, the I-5 is just the 5. All the others can be the I five. No, no, no. It's the it's the I five, sir. We're we're calling it just the five. Are that is it? The, are you in, introducing that into the lexicon? Uh, no, it's already pre-introduced. How about we say Fiverr? I was on the Fiverr last night. It sounds like you're on a walkie-talkie, and then that no, no, would no. be a that's what we're gonna do. Up. From now on, it's the I. Is it? Uh, should we say the Fiverr or the I five? I like the Fiverr. We're on the Fiverr. Tim, you can do whatever you want as long as I'm not involved. <laughs> Thank you. I know. You have no idea how often we hear that from Tim. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. The whole thing with the train, you know, the girl up in Kent, Washington? Yeah. Okay, I live right next to a train track, and I have the uh, the great, um, you know, it's, it's really nice at 3 o'clock in the morning when it's going by. Every time it hits an intersection, it blows its horn like four times. Yeah. So, is it... Only in my neighborhood, or do they do that everywhere? Well, because... we have this we have this story about three times a year where somebody is walking along, they will cross a train track, or they are even more inexplicably wandering on the train tracks, like as maybe some sort of a some sort of a low rent uh, you know Thomas guide. It's like a way to figure out where something. Is. I don't know. I'll just follow the tracks until it gets to the pond. So they're walking along, and as you said, they blow their horn every time they get near an intersection. Depending on where you are, there's like the bells that come down and the things that bleep and the machine that goes bing and all of that stuff. And also, it's a 75-ton piece of metal that's rattling its way toward you. Right. So, well, and those horns are designed so they can hear them from like three miles away. So if it's right next to her when it's blowing its horn, you would think she would... Especially because she's talking on a cell phone, so we know she's not deaf. So would that technically be a Darwin watch then? Probably, probably. But you know, it's uh, it's a bit late in the program now to be second guessing our music selection. But yeah, I think it it probably would have been a Darwin watch. Yes, you are correct about that. All right. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Who wants to get cancer? 
Me. All right. Eat a sausage a day. Okay. According to new scientific studies, one sausage a day increases your chance of bowel cancer by 20%. Bowel cancer sounds like a thing I don't want to have. Mm-hmm. It is the deadliest type of cancer. So, have a sausage. A hospital did nothing wrong when it tried to examine the rectum of a construction worker who was hit on the head by a falling wooden beam. <laughs> After deliberating for about an hour, the state Supreme Court of New York awarded nothing to Brian Fursad, who sued New York Presbyterian Hospital for unspecified damage. The panel found the hospital and its emergency room staff were not liable. We're very disappointed, said the lawyers. It's a miscarriage of justice. Uh, Persaud, who's 38, was injured while working at a construction site in Midtown Manhattan in 2003. Persaud received eight stitches for a cut over his eyebrow at the hospital, but denied emergency room staffers' uh, request to examine his rectum. The doctors told Persaud the, uh, the exam would help determine whether or not the accident caused spinal damage. How do they check spinal damage by looking in your rectum? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't... I suppose with a good set of eyes. I don't... I don't think your spine is located inside your ass. So the the uh, the victim resisted. I mean, I'm no doctor. So, well, the victim resisted. Snappers held him. Ah! He begged them to stop. Please don't do it. So he hit a doctor while flailing around. So the snappers gave him a powerful sedative and performed the rectal exam. I mean, how do you think? Let me ask you this. So he gets hit on the head by a piece of what lumber, wood, something or other. Whatever's out of concern. He, he, something falls on his head. He goes to the hospital. I'm just trying to imagine, like, how the subject of examining his rectum was introduced. Maybe, maybe it, it provides the best view of the spine. But I mean, do they? But that's not true. I think well, I don't when think the it, last time you're up somebody's rectum to do <laughs> their spine. How do you know it's not true? I think that's between me and my God. Um, the please proceed. <laughs> I'm just I'm wondering how. First of all, the idea that there's a view of anything. I think there's just a view of just. Uh, isn't it just a view of just darkness? I mean, it's like I think it's. I don't know. There's a lot of illumination in there. It's not like you really have a mining helmet or anything. Let me hear spelunking. So I'm just trying to figure out at what point he was, like, he gets hit in the head. He goes to the hospital. What happened? Hey, this thing hit me in the head. So he... Yep, you did get hit in the head. Let me take a look at that, up that rectum over here. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering... So hold him down. If, if beg. Please but don't if, do that. If they told him in advance they were going to do it... And he said, no, 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 let's not. And they said, no, 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 we have to. And he said, no, come on, seriously. And they said, no. And he said, yes. And they said, you know, and then they held him down. Or if they just sort of sprang it on him. Like if he was hit on the head, he's laying in bed, and they say, okay, uh, well, okay, pulse, and uh, all right, the heart signs, blood pressure, all right, turn over for a second, all right. And then he just kind of went, ah, you know, and just wondered what it was. Like, did they give him any advance warning before they tried to examine his rectum the first time? Uh, let me look here. La, 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 la. Well, they gave him a powerful sedative and performed the rectal exam, but hospital witnesses testified at the trial that the exam was never completed. So I guess he wasn't cooperative. Once so he, he didn't get the the, uh, the full uh, rectum exam. He just got the demo version. Well, when he woke up, he was handcuffed to his bed. <laughs> if I woke so up... Apparently somebody gave him some sort of examination. <laughs> I had this dream that I was wrestling with, a, with an amorous walrus. And he had an oxygen tube down his throat. Now I have the stabbing pain in my backside. And lubricant in his rectum. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So let me understand this. Are we sure he went to a hospital? Yes, we are. Was the hospital run by a guy named Vinny? 
Do they also sell discount jewelry? We don't know. What do you want? You want the you want watches, microwaves, rectal exam? What do you want? So he wakes up, handcuffed to the bed, with uh, speaking medically now, lubricant in his rectum, mm-hmm. having been the victim or recipient of a forced rectal exam. Right. Even though there was no damage to his rectum in any way. Right. So his lawyer believes the rectal exam was done in retaliation because his uh, panicked client hit the doctor. Okay. So that's so that's uh, that's kind of like uh, you know hit the doctor. That's a that's a that's a rogering. And apparently he's been unable to hold a job since the accident. <laughs> I would think that you would just spend all your time being clenched. I don't think you'd have a whole lot of time to focus on your job. What are you doing? Nothing. Just. I think you'd be spending most of your free time either back against the wall, squatting down, holding a gun. All right, let's add our own peril to some of these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Wrecked him. They barely knew him. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. It was obvious. And That's okay. Thing. Needed to be done. Uh, yes. I completed it in my head like seven times. Someone had to do it, sir. No. 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 Thank you. See, when I say in my own peril. No. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's see. What have we... Uh, I'm just checking my email. I hit refresh on my email for the first time since we started this story, and there's like 70 emails that all say, Rectum! Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I can explain why they do the rectal exam. Now, when you say explain, do you mean clarify or do you mean make up for the purposes no, of no, comedy? No, no, no. I can clarify why they do it. So if this guy was hit hard enough that he probably lost consciousness, he had a breathing tube in his throat, the reason you do it is... If you lose, if you have a spinal cord injury, you lose the normal tone of your sphincter. Of your, your area. Yes, and so a normal response is when the finger goes in, you clench. And if you don't have spinal cord function, when that goes in, then nothing happens. All right, so and that so is how they tell if there's been some sort of damage in the uh, information relay inside your yeah, spine. It's a, it's a preliminary test before they go into a bunch of tests. Are you, in fact, a surgeon? I am. Uh, what uh, what kind of surgery do you do? As far away from the rectum as possible. I'm an ear, <laughs> nose, I'm an ear nose, and throat surgeon. You know that's exactly how I proceed with this job, sir. All yeah. right, excellent. Thank you for clarifying. What's your name? Uh, Bobby. Bobby, uh, are you, are you a long time listener or a recent convert? I'm a long time listener. All right, are you spreading the word about the program? Daily. When is the last time you spread the word? You say daily, but that may be uh, some sort of that may just be like an autonomic response you gave there. What no, is no, 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 not at all. Uh, yesterday to my uh, office staff. All I right. talk about you all the time. Oh. Did you? So he's a doctor. Did you? Th- did you threaten them with some sort of uh, punitive action? Should they not listen? Absolutely. All right, excellent. Good for you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's Bobby. All right, so Doctor Bobby. Doctor Bobby. Yes. So now we know. Now we know the answer. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't excuse. I mean, maybe it explains, but I mean, the idea that you're waking up—it's here's the thing: waking up with a stabbing pain in your rectum is one thing. Waking up with lubricant. Uh, in a place in your body, like, that you didn't put there or that you didn't ask to have put there, that's one thing. Waking up handcuffed, that's that's a third thing. <laughs> Waking up uh, sore because something big has been rammed into your mouth against your will, that's like a fourth thing. I think you could deal with any one of those. Any two is really going to cause you some sort of consternation. I would say the minute you hit three, uh, that becomes an untenable situation. Let's do one more and then we'll take a break. World of Tomorrow. Surgeons hope to give the blind a bionic eye. Surgeons have carried out the first operation in Britain using a bionic eye 
that could, in the future, help restore blind people's sight. Two successful operations to implant the device into the eyes of blind patients has been conducted in London. The device is the first of its kind. It incorporates a video camera and transmitter mounted on a pair of glasses. It is linked to an artificial retina that transmits moving in images along the optic nerve of the brain and enables the patient to discriminate images of motion, light, and dark. You know, I don't understand how any of that stuff works, and I know that it does, but it just kind of breaks my brain to think about it. Uh, for example... There was, they depicted this on the wire, but it's 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 real technology. They do it at um, uh, Walter Reed uh, for the for like like if a guy loses an arm, like let's say he loses his hand, you know, from like just below the elbow down or whatever. They have these prosthetic hands they can give you, where it somehow senses that you are trying to that your brain is trying to activate those muscles, and I guess maybe it senses the muscle movement like on the on your upper arm or something, and it transmits it down, and so you'll have this like bionic hand. That can close firmly or close softly or can uh, can point or can, like, hold a pencil or something. And it's just, I mean, they're like $80,000 bionic hands. And it's just, it's just the stuff that I can't even fathom the existence of. I have no idea how stuff like that works. Like, I wouldn't, the fact that we have bionic eyes is just, I mean, it's not that it's creepy. It's just, un, it's just strange. It's just weird. Especially to think that there's some guy in a laboratory actually working on bionic eyes. I will now end this observation by asking you this, Tim. Can you name the segments of the bionic man that were replaced with the parts of a cyborg? No. Okay. It's 503-733. That's two. back in the 70s. I can't remember things that far back. I do believe, and I'm basing this on the fact that I had a bionic man lunchbox, or a $6 million man lunchbox. I do believe that uh, Steve Austin, a man barely alive, had a he had a bionic eye. Two bionic legs, and no, wait, I think he just had a bionic eye and one bionic arm. I think it was, uh, what was the name of the bionic woman? Jamie Summers? Yes, I think so. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, I think she had I think she had bionic hearing and two bionic legs. You know, I now having started to discuss this, I, really, I don't even know the answer. I, I remember very little, about, except for the late 70s, being a music director and picking music. That's all I remember. Like, I would go out on a limb and say, this BG song may become a hit. That's, that's, the, that's the extent of your 70s knowledge. Yes. Okay, yes. here's a little another. I always talk about these sort of mini documentaries I want to film where it's like a 10-minute documentary examining something that, you know, like you couldn't justify a full 90-minute documentary with. Well, Richie's got a little camera. Ask him. I this, here's something I want to do. I want to have a little 10-minute documentary examining how they made that sound on the bionic, on the bionic woman or the $6 million man. Uh, I have no idea from... I mean, it's easy to make sound effects now because you have technology and pro tools. and I like I've used technology as just a catch-all explanation. You do it with science. But in the 70s, I think making sound effects before the digital era was much more difficult. And that's a universally known sound effect, I would say, to people um, maybe 30 or 35 and up. So I would love to know how they made the sound effect of the bionic woman or the $6 million man. Well, they had sound effects albums at Radio Shack. But, I mean, that's not really... But that's who it wants... That seems like a that seems like maybe a sound effect that I mean that wasn't a pre existing sound effect. That seems like something they must have made from scratch somehow. Like with a sander and a hammer or something? <laughs> exactly. I need three coat hangers and a guava. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back after this with more from Tim Riley, who barely tolerates me sometimes. Uh let's see. Later on, Steve Castenbaum, James Roop, top five and uh, more. Stay there, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Back after this. <laughs> That's right, I'm Mr. Bucket. I'm Mr. Bucket. Toss your balls in my top, I'm Mr. Bucket. Out of my mouth, I will pop, I'm Mr. Bucket. Walk in the room, I'm Mr. Bucket. 
The game's Mr. Bucket. The first to get their balls in, and Mr. Bucket wins. But look out, because the balls will pop out of his mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. The balls pop out of my mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. A ball is what I'm about. I'm Mr. Bucket. We're all going to run. I'm Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket from Milton Bradley. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and James Roop uh, will also do the uh, top five tomorrow. Charlie Murphy, Friday. Jonathan Colton. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim Riley. I forgot where I was. Here you are. Well, here we are back again. Well, let's talk about uh, this uh, primary that's uh, going on in Pennsylvania, shall we? Uh, Barack Obama says it's been a mad dash leading up to the Pennsylvania primary. He said in an interview that Americans should not expect a bait and switch, and he's not planning to, quote, enslave the white race. Be honest! Tell us now! The, uh, that, that is not our plan, John, uh, but, uh, but I think your, your paranoia uh, might make you suitable as a debate moderator. Uh, meanwhile, Hillary made it quite clear on Good Morning America exactly what would happen to Iraq if they used a nuclear weapon on us. <laughs> Whatever stage of development they might be in their nuclear weapons program in the next 10 years, during which they might foolishly consider launching an attack on Israel, we would be able to totally obliterate them. That's right. <laughs> Jesus, really? You're darn right. Totally obliterate. That's our reason for being a country. Of course. To obliterate. Typical white person. That's fantastic. I mean, whatever stage of development they might be in their nuclear weapons program in the next 10 years, during which they might foolishly consider launching an attack on Israel, we would be able to totally obliterate them. That is that is wonderful. Excellent. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a little bit of that Hillary Clinton trying to be tough, trying mm-hmm. to show that she can throw back, that she can earn that shot of whiskey. You want tough broad. Excellent. Uh, Senator Clinton questioned why Barack Obama can't win big in states such as Pennsylvania. Maybe the question ought to be why can't he close the deal? <laughs> With his extraordinary financial advantage, why can't he win a state like this one if uh, that's the way it turns out? See, that's, she should have been doing that this whole time. She should have been doing that for the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Barack Obama? Why can't he win? Uh, instead of sort of letting him run the table uh, that uh, that she has been. Because uh, that's kind of the way she's been doing this. But that's exactly the, the tax she ought to be taking. All right, excellent. Then we have First Lady Laura Bush discovering possibly a post-White House career. She was a guest host on uh, NBC's Today Show this morning. Among her duties was participating in several interviews. Here she is introducing a cooking segment, as women are often called upon to do. So we brought a taste of Louisiana right here to New York. John Besh is a New Orleans chef from Restaurant August and a James Beard Award winner. Good morning, John. I, I don't understand. She's doing what? Uh, uh, introducing a cooking segment. Is this is she transitioning into uh, well that's well that's what any good Republican woman should be her doing later, her later career yeah, that and minding her own business Tim that's true all right oh by the way for the record uh, Steve Austin had bionic legs bionic right arm and bionic right eye Jamie Summers bionic legs left arm and left ear so there you go like in, so together they are a whole bionic person didn't they have a bionic baby at one point am I making that up I think you're making that part up. 
Wasn't there some? Uh, wasn't there some? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I thought I'm. I'm thinking in my head, as opposed to thinking in my left foot or my rectum. He's healthy and he's bionic. <laughs> Congratulations. He's healthy and he just punched a hole through one of the nurses. Um, I thought that there was some very special episode or TV movie or something where Steve Austin and Jamie Summers got married and then had a little bionic child. It's possible. I mean, saying that out loud, I know that it sounds retarded. But but as we've learned on this program, sometimes I think, look, we were talking about a guy turning things into Skittles last hour. So, I mean, really, it's uh, somebody will clarify that. But I'm fairly sure that I'm not. Do you remember the bionic wedding? No. No. Let me ask you this. Honest... You remember things from long ago. <laughs> I mean, I can barely, if that segment hadn't played twice today, I wouldn't remember what we did on this program yesterday. Do you even remember? And I questioned the fact that I had already heard it once. Do you even remember what you had for breakfast? <laughs> um, uh, let me ask you this then, Tim. On a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you that this bionic wedding I'm remembering even happened? I think I would have heard it discussed at some point on this program in the past, and not once do I remember having it being brought up. So we're relying on your memory of the program <laughs> to determine whether or not it, it really happened. If it didn't play twice an hour ago. All right, well, somebody will let us know. Uh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> as they always do. All right, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, gang, it's Mel and Brian. Hello. Hey, little bit. Um, you were talking about the sound effect on the Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. This is a callback. I think it was a bass harmonica, actually. But uh, oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so I have two other points. Uh, question about the listener party. Yeah. Uh, are there uh, cameras of any kind allowed from us uh, geeky fans? Well, we certainly can't stop you from bringing cameras in. Let me put it that way. Okay. Yes. Bring uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I, uh, you know, we're we're not going to be because it is uh, it is uh, you know it's a roast and we don't ever really tape or air the listener parties anyway. It's not like we're going to be broadcasting it or filming it or whatever. But I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's not like we're going to be yeah confiscating your, your your crap at the door. So go ahead. I don't care. Okay, and because I figure Richie will probably have the place completely wired up anyway. So maybe what's the point? But by the, uh, you know, by the time Richie Richie's going to be some weird sort of Megatron uh, call screener <laughs> where it's like his entire body is just outfitted with Nikon cameras filming constantly. It's like sort of upskirt of. photography this way. Seriously, there ought to be. We ought to do that actually where. With, where we just put those little cameras all over Richie's body and then have some sort of web page where you can go and view them all at once to get, like, a total Richie Cam experience. But, I mean, he's he's quite enamored of this new technology. So, uh, yeah. Unpleasant. Uh, right. one, la- and one last story I had about we were talking about trains and people getting hit by trains. Yes, would sir. You like to, would you like to hear my uh, story of a friend of mine? Is it a friend of yours hit by a train? Yeah. It's a friend dead. Uh-huh. Yeah, unfortunately. Probably not. Happened, then. Okay, I think well, we've I think we've skipped to the meat of the story. Well, this my my just just in passing, you mentioned being just deaf. In passing. My, my my yeah, really, so to speak. My friend actually was deaf and killed by a train. So weird. Thanks, that's all. Thanks for so thanks for bringing the down. thanks for bringing the show up. I appreciate Anytime. that. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what else? I think people are dropping blind people off at max stops because I see them everywhere with those canes and approaching trains and I'm thinking, oh, if he only takes one step more, this is going to be tragic and it never happens. They're smarter than that. The Jenkins There's... family decides to get rid of Grandma once and for all. Where am I at? You're at the mall. Get out. All right. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, getting back to First Lady uh, Laura Bush, 
uh, doing womanly things on the Today Show. She was asked by Al Roker what music she has on her iPod. What's on your iPod? Well, I have a really great iPod of a lot of oldies, I'll have to admit, but it was made by my best friend who I grew up with in Midland. So it was all those songs we loved to dance to all those years that we were in Midland and then since. But what's on? She didn't answer the question. No, she never did. All right, I don't really care. A uh, church in Jonesville, South Carolina, is causing a bit of controversy because of a sign regarding Barack Obama's name. The church sign reads, quote, Obama? Osama? Hmm. Are they brothers? Is this a real church? This is one yeah, of those. Yeah, this uh, is a real church. Well, okay. it's a southern church. I mean, they're quasi. for the Ku Klux Klan <laughs> and fascist regimes and whatnot. <laughs> Man was a funny hat and says he's in charge of it. People go along with it. Uh, the pastor, uh, Bird, insists the sign is not racist or political. He said the sign is simply meant to question whether or not the Illinois senator recognizes Christ. His name is so close to Osama till I have a feeling that he might be Islamic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow, really? That, that man exists. <laughs> that, man, that man lives. Uh, pastor Bird says... Obama's name is too close to Osama bin Laden. Just change one letter, and you've got either name. Take a B and make it an S, or an S and make it a B. Are you kidding me? That person, that person we exists need, and breathes our air. We Tim need to have mass vasectomies <laughs> below the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> and you know he's married. Oh. You know he's married. You know he votes. You know he has 50 kids. His name is so close to Osama till. I have a feeling that he might be Islamic. Okay. Well, the, Whatever the you greatest say. tragedy in this country is when we put the word pastor in front of somebody's name, it is supposed to be a term of respect. Honestly, you automatically have to pay attention to what they say. Ugh. Oh. All right. Okay. This is recoiling in horror. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey, gang. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hi. Hi. First off, before I get into what I was going to talk about, you guys didn't give me my uh, Indiana Jones sounder this morning. I'm very disappointed. Oh, we were supposed to do Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, we were going to open. Gotta, I know well, you've well, got a whole month to get to it. Well, you know what? Well, don't be hurt because we don't cover something. That happens all the time. <laughs> we ignore things constantly, sir. We make promises all the time that are broken moments later. We've okay, left no, a trail no, no, no. of... Trail of broken vows and hearts in our wake. You're just, a, sure. you're just the latest in a long line of those to be disappointed by this program. Okay, I'll give you a potential promise then. My uncle worked on the special effects of the Six Million Dollar Man show. Oh, this is the uh, the original 1976 Million Dollar Man. Oh yeah. Steve Austin, a man barely alive. So if you're interested, I'll I'll call my uncle and see if you know if if he'd want to do like an interview with you guys. Now, what did he? When you say he worked on the special effects, what did he? What did he do? Do you know? To be honest with you, I don't know all uh, what all he did do on that show, but I know it was special effects. I mean, he goes way back to where he started out as working as a carpenter in, in Hollywood. And then they used him as uh, stand-ins and stuff like that, and then he got into the special effects. And I got to meet John Wayne, well, I think in 73 or 74, when they were filming uh, Rooster Cogburn. Did he, smell of, did he smell of whiskey? No, he didn't, but, boy, that man was tall. Um Okay. The what I think there weren't a lot of special effects on the six million dollar man as such. Wasn't it typically just a lot of him jumping and then playing it in slow motion? Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, well, but they had pyrotechnics and all that type of stuff, you know. Well, do I me mean, a favor. Drop drop your contact info to uh, to Richie, and uh, we we may we may endeavor to do that, sir. Okay. Cool. And we'll because... we'll work on the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. Okay, because he also worked on the Karate Kid. 
on the original Karate Kid or the one with oh, Hillary yeah. the one with Hillary Swank? The, the original Karate Kid. He has done so many TV shows; it's not even funny. All right. Well, let us know your contact info. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do that. Oh, you got it. Thank you. All right, well, which you version did Hillary Swank play the Karate Kid? Karate Kid Four, Tim. Hmm. The next Karate Kid. You don't remember the next Karate Kid? No. Oh, it's a terrible film. It's uh. It, and it has, what's his name? It has Pat Morita in it, too. I do believe it was Pat Morita's last film role. So there was Karate Kid, there with, uh, with uh, the lovely Elizabeth Shue. There was, wait, or is it Leah Thompson? No, it was Elizabeth Shue, I think. Uh, Karate Kid 2, which is actually the best of the series. Karate Kid 2, which is, which is even better uh, than the first one. And then there was Karate Kid 3. Wait, which is the one that takes place in Japan? That's Karate Kid 2, right? It had a Power of Love by Peter Cetera. Oh. I don't know. This, I don't this know. Is, I, this is where I'm just. You should be asking Aaron. Everyone's up just making coffee and, <laughs> and doing their dry cleaning while you're having a conversation. By I'm busy yourself. making your grocery list while I'm trying to while I'm trying to find out the answers to important issues. I think Karate Kid had Elizabeth Shue. Karate Kid Two was where they went to Japan and Mr. Miyagi had to fight his childhood dojo rival. Uh, and there was that sequence where the guy is sliding on a, like a repelling hook, down a metal wire through some Japanese lanterns, and no one is listening to anything I'm saying. No, that's and, exactly <laughs> correct. That is right. And then there's Karate Kid 3, which takes place again in America, but I can't exactly remember the plot of it. I sort of blocked it out. Then there is the next Karate Kid. Oh, my God, how many Karate Kids are there? Four, starring Pat Morita uh, and Hillary Swank. Uh, I think I've seen bits of that one on USA. Hillary Swank, who looks, I mean, I think I don't know if she's had some sort of a bosom reduction at some point, but I remember that was the thing about the about the Karate Kid movie with Hillary Swank, is that her she just looked like stacked beyond belief in it. But I do believe that the poster for the next Karate Kid, which came out in I think ninety three, ninety four, something like that. The, it was like shamelessly uh, mining the vein of nostalgia because I think that the actual poster had just a silhouette on the beach of her doing the Daniel thing of standing and doing the crane stance on that wooden post. The end. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. I'm just sitting here looking up recipes. Don't worry about me. <laughs> I have something in my eye. <laughs> you need a bionic eye. Time for a uh, cannibal watch. Whatever. Here's your cannibal watch for Tuesday. Bunch of bastards. <laughs> So this headline says, cannibals are eyeing people up on MySpace with a view to eating them. <laughs> a terrifying new crime book exposes the extent of cannibalism on the web. German internet cannibal Armin Muse, remember him? Uh -huh. he, he was like the gold standard for German cannibals. It seems was just the tip of the iceberg. Human flesh eaters are apparently eyeing people up on social networking sites like the MySpace with views to devour them. Jimmy Lee Shreve, whose new book Cannibals is out this month from Blake Books, reveals how one UK cannibal contacted him via the Internet, claiming he obtained his meals from mortuaries and graveyards. Uh. Hearing that Jimmy was writing a book, a book on human flesh eating, the cannibal who called himself Eric Soames got in touch with him from, uh, uh, for help with his condition, which he believes is down to being possessed by an evil spirit. Uh, sickenly, Soames told Jimmy about cannibal gangs circulating on the Internet 
looking for potential male victims. Paging. I want to be part of a cannibal gang. Seriously, paging Lloyd Kaufman and Roger Roger Corman. That needs to be a movie like tomorrow. He told me the cannibals are eyeing people up on MySpace and Facebook with plans to eat them. We should totally make what a What does the cannibal look for? That's a good question. Tim? Like, is it interests? Uh, what <laughs> Music tape? My interest includes screaming and bleeding into a pan. Apparently, uh, most of these guys have uh, jobs in normally normal lives. You wouldn't recognize these cannibals if they lived next door to you. My fear is that one day somebody might single out someone from MySpace, track them down, and eat them. Uh-oh, okay. Rick's head is spinning. Oh, no, no, no. You, All can... you users of these social networking sites around the world... Beware. Wait, now, have you worked with me long enough that you can tell when I, with it, that look that I've got, like, some great idea? Yes. And by great, I mean great only to well, me. Well, you're like a little kid. You're like, oh, oh, you're like doing anything but raising your hand and, like, dancing in your seat. Okay. No, now, now let's be honest. That, like, once out of every 50 times, my idea is actually good. Most of the time, it's just crap. I think... Uh, well, we take a chance every time. <laughs> it's like some sort of... It's like, a, it's like an observational roulette wheel. And you're just praying that, like, occasionally that zero comes up. Um, I think we ought to create a MySpace profile for somebody that wants to be eaten and see if anybody responds to it. That would be fun. <laughs> Richie? <laughs> see, right there. That's the proof that we ought to do it. Even Tim likes it. Tim is sort of like the Mikey serial kid that doesn't like anything. <laughs> Even Tim thinks that's a good idea. To be... I would expect you to jump all over this. Of course, but it's just like it's such a pain to restart a new MySpace page. Someone so Richie much do it. difficulty. So, right. so hard. But it okay. would be fun if those European, not European, I believe they're Asian women looking for Richie found out that he was a cannibal. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, that's another thing we got to talk about. So oh. Richie has. And I resisted for the show. Did you see what I gave up in no. the whole life? Well, so Richie has. Th- we'll talk about this later on. One of our many fine advertisers. Uh, South Sea Connection. So Richie is going to be a spokesperson for them, or is a spokesperson, and is is taking their seminar, their course, or whatever. So I guess there's 37, 37, 37 different women uh, who want to meet Richie. So I guess he has a sheaf of photographs of them. So we'll talk more about that. Oh, real so do, do they get a photograph in return? Uh, yeah, but they get that one where he's hiding his face. Do you I'm, see I'm it? It's like where he just tips he's, his he's really waits. far away, sitting it's, on the stairs. Yeah, he's sitting like 30 feet away and obscuring half of his face with a parka. It's fantastic. Uh, let's quickly settle this karate kid business. Aaron Geek in the city. Aaron Woods, dentist. <laughs> totally. Okay, what's up? It's uncanny. Hi. Uh, yeah, Aaron, what's up? All right, so you're right. Karate Kid 1 was Elizabeth Shue. Okay. Okay. Karate Kid 2, they don't actually go to Japan. They go to Okinawa. Oh, that's the island. Yeah, it's the island. Okay. And, yeah, Mr. Miyagi tried to make peace. It wasn't his old dojo. It was his old friend, but they both were in love with the same woman. Ah. And she refused to marry either of them, so they left each other in shame. Yeah, and it was the... And, it was the and that was and then, in Oakland? <laughs> or Okinawa, Oakland. Oh. It's the same thing. They're both by water. I'm from the island of Oakland. And yeah, it, and the bad guy... I get the feeling the, that everything in those movies, too, is either the cause of or the result of shame. Yeah. What happened? Well, I uh, I failed to make a... Uh, I didn't make a waffle correctly this morning, and I am filled with shame! All right. It is very much a thing, because in Quiet Kid Part 3, Ralph Macchio's character is shamed because... Mr. Miyagi doesn't want him to defend the All-Valley Karate Championship. <laughs> and yet he does anyway. Yes. Okay. And then... You're right. In the next Karate Kid, Hilary Swank was freakishly stacked, and I remember watching Boys Don't Cry and wondering what the hell happened. Yeah, seriously. It's like she had them taped down with gaffing tape or something for karate. Yeah, she was like a, yeah, she was like a walking Barbie doll in the next Karate Kid and then not. In Shame it. about that face, though. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Aaron. You're welcome. Aaron Geek in the city Duran. There you go. I'm glad he has enough time to call us. <laughs> That's another. Shouldn't he be working or shooting people? I'm sorry. 
Your call, we were your call will be answered in the order it was received. Your we're call. helping other customers at this time. Your call will be answered when we feel like it. We're busy in making observations about the breasts of Hillary Swank on radio programs. All right, here's Tim Riley. I love this show. Can't say as I'd blame him. I do the same thing. Really? Let's just take a let's just take a there's a show of hands in the studio. Who loves this show? Well, I do. All right, me Go too. On. Fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about uh, the all-new America's Next uh, Top Model. It airs tomorrow on the CW. Last episode, my Emmy native Stacy Ann became the latest casualty on the show. Stacy Ann said the experience taught her that modeling is much harder than it looks. Those photo shoots were extremely hard, like especially the paint photo shoot, which was uh -huh. one of my favorites. You know, um, you have to not only give good angles, you have to worry about the paint getting dripped in your eyes. It's rough. Meanwhile, pictures of Miley Cyrus have hit the Internet. Uh, there are reports that the Hannah Montana star is depicted in a set of photographs draped across an unknown male. She's wearing just a bra. Who looked at them? Where? I did. I did. Another shot has, uh, for, for news purposes, oh, another shot has <laughs> Cyrus uh, pulling down a pink shirt to reveal a green bra. That's, oh, that's, not say, not that's the one I saw. Well, because it's Earth Day, she's going green. Uh, Cyrus made headlines for attention-grabbing photos less than six months ago. It showed Cyrus and the female friend sharing a piece of licorice and a kiss-like pose. <gasps> Were they dressed up like kiss characters? A spokesman said that Miley Cyrus and her label cannot be reached for comment. Uh-oh. So, um, so I saw the photos last night. In my own defense, I did not seek them out. They were sent to me, as so many things are. Uh, and we should also point out that uh, she is not nude in any way. She is scantily, no, she's skanky. scantily clad. This, this, we knew this was going to happen. Well, well, I mean, girls are getting pregnant at 16 now. What do they expect? It's sort of... I mean, it just... It, and, it, and depending, I mean, I know she's going through adolescence, which is a rough time, and, you know, whatever. Um, that being said, there are moments when she looks kind of cute, I guess, but there are moments when she just looks flat-out weird. And there's a couple of those photographs yesterday where I got, I get a, her, her head, it looks massive. Her head looks like some sort of a balloon. She has, she looks like a walking Bratz doll, kind of. Yeah. And she has this giant circular, like circular head and big eyes and like small mouth. And her, and occasionally Maybe someone had too much of a grip on the forceps when she was born. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's got a bit squashed. Um, the, uh, but it, occasionally her her cheeks just look like she's hoarding nuts for the winter. It's like she's just, it's like they're just packed full of. So I, so somebody sent me these like, hey, to be the winter. Check out, check out these. Check out these photographs of Miley. I'm going to skip the pun. Check out these photographs of Miley Cyrus. And I, I open it, and at first I didn't, you know, I didn't know what they were. And I looked, and I went, oh, these are, oh, those are odd. And one of them was clearly taken in a recording studio, because you can see a sequencer and some stuff behind her. And she's doing this, and again, there's no nudity, but she's doing this creepy thing where she's leaning forward, and she's, have you seen these photos, Sarah? Mm, I've, I saw them yesterday. She's leaning forward, and she's got like a, like a shirt. And, and then she's a, like pulling it totally she's down. She's pulling the shirt down like, look at my bra. And it's... It's like, really, little girl, you don't get enough attention? I mean, uh, yeah, maybe she's sending them to her dad. <laughs> you know, that is her best friend. Mm -hmm. They do have a... They do have and a, best friends do like to pose together and share pictures. Mm -hmm. They do have an unusually close relationship, we're told. Yeah. Uh, so, an artistic relationship. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, former America's mixed top model Stacey Ann says being on the show led her to do some wild things. I did crazy things that I never One time I stayed up really late. Like a lap dance. <laughs> I would never do that. Or when we went out and I took the bottle of vodka, you know. You know, I was still being me, but I was having more fun and bringing more energy. 
This is really... Oh, I want to hang out with her. I, bl- I blame Tila Tequila for all of this. I, I blame that girl for everything. Really? The, you want to talk about a girl that's a walking brat doll? It's that girl. Uh, but the, these these are she all... She made the MySpace work for her, though. Uh, it's true. I mean, and she's an immigrant, and God bless her. She worked her way to the top with having absolutely no skill or ability of any kind. And not even really being all that hot. Uh, and she leveraged into fame, so God bless her. But these are all, like, bad, bad knockoffs of Tila Tequila. Um, I also will acknowledge that Tila Tequila is a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I were a female DJ, that might be the name that I chose. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we'll resume uh, the news of the Ministry of Truth in just one moment. Uh, coming up later on, uh, James Roop, Top 5. More about Rick Emerson, uh, Listener Party 11. Don't forget, go to 970.am and be voting on which logo uh, you like. The votes are coming in fast and furious. So as they used to say in Chicago, vote early, vote often. You can do that at 970.am. This, however, is CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum joining us now from Philadelphia, PA. Hello. Hey, how are you? How are you? How's life in the city of brotherly love? Oh, busy, busy, busy. Beautiful day today. Great day to be out there voting. All right, so what is uh, so unusually large turnout, regular turnout, below average turnout? What's the turnout like so far? Well, this morning, I can tell you anecdotally, we saw a lot of long lines at the polling stations throughout uh, the downtown area and the residential areas here in Center City in Philadelphia. Uh, obviously, once people got to work, those lines thinned out, but we're expecting them to grow again this afternoon because uh, there was greater than uh, expected, uh, actually, record voter registration uh, for the Democratic Party uh, leading up to this primary here. So a lot of people uh, out there voting uh, today or planning to vote today, at least. And so uh, just speaking for myself only, uh, I made the uh, prediction earlier on today that it's going to be Hillary, but by single digits, certainly not by double digits, because uh, like, you know, six months ago, three months ago, even uh, she was favored to win very heavily. But her lead sort of steadily diminished, has it not? Yeah, did you did you advise Barack Obama on his prediction? Because that's exactly what he said. No, I, I actually didn't. But as 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 people who listen to this program know, that I in some alternate parallel world, I am some sort of a Dick Morris like uh, political advisor. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, her um, her lead over Barack Obama, which was uh, at twenty one, twenty two percent many weeks ago here in Pennsylvania, has dwindled to about seven percent when you average out all of the uh, recent polls here, and that's really not good for Hillary Clinton. Even if she's going to win here, she needs to win by a wide margin because she wants to be able to continue to convince people to donate money to her campaign. She has uh, virtually no money left for the primaries right now. She has to score some big, uh, a big win here in order to get people to make big donations to get her through the next couple of primaries. If she only has a, a five or a six-point win, uh, six-point uh, percentage point margin over Barack Obama, she's uh, going to have a hard time convincing people to open up their pocketbooks. I mean, you know, uh, a, a, a loss would certainly doom her. A big win will get her some money. But, of course, as somebody pointed out uh, this morning, you know, even if, even if she just wins by one vote, uh, she's sticking around. She's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, she told Larry King live last night that she's in this through June, that there's nine more uh, states that have to go here. And uh, all those people, they get to uh, vote, and their voices deserve to be heard, and they're part of the process. And she said she'll see where she stands come June. Excellent. So, uh, all right. Well, a busy day for you, so we'll, uh, we'll let you get back to it. Are you on tomorrow? Are you traveling? I'll be on uh, tomorrow morning, and then I'll be hitting the road at some point. In the all afternoon, right. Well, feel, yeah. feel free to share another one of your cross-country phone calls with us. Those are always amusing. My- I might call you from a rest stop on the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> You're the, you are the epitome of class, my friend. Thank you very uh, much. Steve Kastenbaum, thank you, sir. Okay. Steve Kastenbaum in Philadelphia, where uh, polls are open and citizens are letting their voices be heard. Here's Tim Riley. 
Well, a boss forced teenage girls to take off a piece of clothing every time they got a question wrong in job interviews. One 17-year-old girl told the court she was left with nothing but a G-string. She said she was afraid of not getting the job. What what kind of business was this? This was a travel agency. Oh, my God. Uh, the travel agency a manager, who's 45, has been jailed for eight months and must pay uh, $5,000. Well, okay. A Russian man returned home from holiday to find his entire two-story house had been stolen by a neighbor. <laughs> this, you almost have to admire the neighbor just on the face of it right there. So this fellow came back from a trip visiting relatives to find that his house had been taken down brick by brick and all the contents sold. <laughs> Only the foundation was left. <laughs> Excellent. They found out that a neighbor had taken the house apart and sold everything, including the bricks and window frames, even the kitchen sink. Okay, there's several thoughts warring for space in my head. One, that's one industrious neighbor. Uh, I mean, even for... Amen to that. Even, I can't even really get out of bed to wash my socks sometimes. Um, so, secondly, how, how indicative is it of Russia that you can sell everything somehow? Like, if I just had a big pile of bricks on the, you know, at my house that I don't think I could sell to anybody. Mm -hmm. But in Russia, what have you got? Uh, let's see. Well, I've, uh, I've got some screws that I took out of the wall in the bedroom. Oh, I will buy them. They're learning to be capitalists after seven years of communism. I guess. This is not the first time such a thing has happened, and in rural areas it is considered normal behavior by some people. You know, this is, here's another thing. That is the difference between Russia and America. Here in Russia, uh, you know, we big, uh, here in Russia, here in, in my country... In my country, house disassembles you. Uh, in a, in America, we become very lazy, though, and we just post an ad on Craigslist and let others disassemble the house for us. In Russia, that guy, you know, took the bull by the horns. He, uh, he took things into his own hands. Good for you, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. A uh, place in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, said a pick-and-save grocery store employee rescued a peanut M&M statue from a would-be thief. Investigators say the employee spotted a man walking out of the store with a three-foot-tall yellow M&M statue and followed the would-be candy napper to his car. The employee confronted a man who offered to pay $5 for the album, uh, item rather, which is worth closer to $50, and the suspect drove away after the employee grabbed the statue from his car. Former White House Press Secretary Tony Snow has joined CNN as a political contributor. Uh, he used to be uh, President Bush's spokesman. So I have this uh, story about this priest in Brazil. Is this the same story you have? Yeah, uh, so I'm, uh, Joni DeRoshi said this to us, and I'm actually, I'm sort of unclear uh, as to whether this is a clergy watch, a Darwin watch, or a religious nutcase watch. We can play all three at the same time. Why don't, why don't we, and we can play, we can play all three at the same time, and then we can also... So let's. So what were the three that they could have been? Let's open with a clergy watch and we'll close with a Darwin watch. Let's okay. do that. So here's a religious clergy Darwin watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Sorry, uh, I'm A Roman Catholic priest who used 1,000 helium balloons to try to break a flying record has been missing <laughs> on the southern coast of Brazil. Father de Clary lifted off from the port city of Panagua on Sunday, equipped with a parachute, a thermal suit, satellite phone, and GPS device. 
A CNA rescue operation is underway after he lost contact with port authorities late on Sunday. He wanted to break a 19-hour record for most hours flying with balloons. Now, somebody tried this here in Oregon. A few months back, remember that? Uh, well, he tried balloons to a lawn chair. Because they all, well, they all want to be like, what's his name? From like 1985, who's the original lawn chair balloon guy. Mm-hmm. And I forget that guy's name. But you know that guy, right? The legendary guy that pulled it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- Who I think was from Portland, actually. Maybe, maybe I'm making that up. But there was that guy in about 1986, 1987, who had a lawn chair, tied like 500 balloons to it, floated up, got like half a mile up, and then floated back down. Uh, and so everybody, That's pretty cool. Yeah, they try to – so about every couple of years, somebody tries to knock it off. And there was a guy who tried to do it recently, but this this was this was a priest. So Now, was he in a chair? He was in a chair. He's also an experienced skydiver. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, this is a buoyant chair in case he landed in the water. Uh-huh. He could have reached an altitude of 20,000 feet. <laughs> Close, nearer my God to thee. And then he, he was going to descend about 8,200 feet for his planned flight to the city of Dorados. But he was blown off course by winds <laughs> when lost contacted, floating several miles off the coast. Fantastic. Uh, before losing contact, he said he had to land in the sea as he was losing height. So this is, let's see here. Uh, he said by telephone, okay, the priest had wanted to break a 19-hour record for the most hours flying with balloons. To think that there's even a record for such things. Um, to raise money for the rest for a spiritual rest stop for truckers in Brazil's second largest port for agricultural products. Um yeah, so he was 30 miles off course, floating underneath a thousand balloons, which is like shades of James and the Giant Peach. Um, let's see. We are absolutely... This is so great. Followers are absolutely confident he will be found alive and well. And here's... By the way, the first half of this sentence is given lie to by the second half of the sentence. The, the second half of the sentence never goes with the first half. We are absolutely confident he will be found alive and well, floating somewhere in the ocean. Floating somewhere in the ocean never leads to found uh, being found live and well. There you it's go. It's just not a peaceful, like, floating thing. No, but it's funny. All right, there you go. Thank you, man of God. There's your uh, Darwin watch. Go, go. Excellent. Another one bites the dust. Go, go, go. Another one bites the dust. And another one goes. And another one goes. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. Hey, do you have this audio of Hillary Clinton on WWE Raw? What? I do not. On the uh, pro wrestling, uh, no. the pro wrestling thing. No. So it looks to be real. So this is. Um, here's how I know it's real. As our friend Siegfried sent us to us on uh, YouTube, and I know it's real because I'm looking at the comments, such as, "I am cringing with embarrassment at Hillary's attempt to relate to the common man." So that's how you know it's real. So I guess all three candidates last night, McCain, Obama, and Hillary, all appeared, I think, separately on WWE Raw, which is Ted. Is Turner's. it that popular? Uh, oh yeah, no, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be giving away not this week, but in a week or two, I think we're gonna be giving away uh, WrestleMania like 24 or something on DVD. Um, but uh, it's so and, you know, and I I have no problem with wrestling. It's not my thing, but I was a fan of wrestling for a long time. It's just, but it is it is just one of those things where presidential candidates ought not to appear. I mean, it is the very definition of a mis a mismatch. So I haven't seen this, but this is from WWE Raw, which I think aired last night. And this is apparently Hillary Clinton, so we'll just play this little, we'll just see. And welcome back, everybody. Thanks so much for being with us here on this special three-hour edition of Monday Night Raw. You said it was right. It's historic. It is historic. Tonight, well, of course, the Pennsylvania primary is tomorrow, but tonight, all three presidential... Is that Jerry Lawler? 
I can't quite tell. Candidates that take a time out of their schedule to address you, our raw fans. Right now, here's Senator. These, by the way, these guys look exactly like you think they would. Look, don't these guys look like they ought to be working in an all-you-can-eat brisket shop? Yeah. <laughs> Some, come on down to Big Red's all-you-can-eat barbecue pit. That's exactly. Hi. Oh, God. And it's totally her. It's completely no, no, no. real. Okay. So You've got to turn so we can all watch together. Okay, I'm going to back this up here. Uh, so I'm a, so what you're about to hear is Hillary Clinton on WWE Raw, which is a wrestling program that airs on USA, uh, aired last night. They cut to Hillary, who looks like your grandmother. She's got like, the, I don't know what you call it, like a kerchief or whatever, like a, whatever those things are called. Like a scarf? Like a scarf kind of a thing. And just, just doesn't look like she ought to be in a, you know, a wrestling show. All right, so I will turn this so we can all watch it. I'll post this later on my site. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I give you Hillary Clinton speaking to the unwashed, wrestling-loving masses. You are raw fans. Right now, here's Senator Hillary Clinton. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton. Oh, but tonight, in honor of the WWE, <laughs> you can call me Hillrod. <gasps> wow. <laughs> no, I don't want to see anymore. Hillrod. Okay. No, no, no. We've, I'm, voting, got... I'm voting for John McCain. <laughs> this is the end. I've, I've really had enough of this manipulation. It's really gone too far. We've got a minute and 45 seconds left. No, we left. don't. Oh, no, no, we no. don't. We've seen enough. <laughs> All right. This election is starting to feel a lot like King of the Ring. Let's just take this one line at a time because I don't think we can What's do it all. What's wrong with you, Brett? This is like oh. taking your cold medicine like in small sips. The only difference, the last man standing... Maybe a woman. Oh, this a is one. like a forced rectal examination. <laughs> this election is so important. The next president will face a stack full of difficult challenges right from the opening bell to fix the economy, bring our troops home from Did Iraq, you want a kerchief from her college more affordable. <laughs> you need a president who will go to the mat for you, and that's exactly what I'll... You need a president that will go to the mat for you. You're missing all of this great language, Bill. Hillary, go to the mat with me. I know. That, Bill, that, Bill Rod. That kerchief is borrowed from, you know... That the is main... the worst thing ever. In no way was that ever fashionable. It's like Velveeta. That's the secret kerchief. <laughs> 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 Cinco minutos. I will bring it back. <laughs> I've been knocked down, but I've always gotten back up. And I know how to take a hit for the American people. And if things get a little tough, I may even have to deliver the people's elbow. Because this country is worth fighting for. Now, I promise to stick to the political arena. So don't worry, Randy Orton. You're safe. <laughs> Do you realize that that we are in the future? We are in idiocracy. Like totally. we are there. This like is, this is the moment where I, I realized running for president that, that we are stupid <laughs> as a people. Oh, She's no, on a WWE no, no. thing. Politicians have always considered they've to always be done this. I've never seen this. It's making my it's, skin crawl. No, it, politicians have always been stupid. But I mean, God, it, it does. This is really like we are. Oh, my computer's freaking out. Whoa, what's going on? I don't know. Oh, come on. What's that? My computer. Uh, so, but we. I'm sorry, my computer... Hillary won't let you log off. So it's, but it's like we are in the running man or something. Standing up for the American people, though. I am ready to rumble. Oh! No! Yeah. I feel like we should have dined at the glamorous Taco Bell tonight. WWE fans hurt. That's been addressed by Senator Is that Hillary Clinton. Amazing! Still to come, we'll hear comments. Now back to more homoerotic grappling. 
I don't my computer, my monitor's freaking out over here. Okay, now I've got Obama and McCain. Now, here's the thing is I almost feel like they're going to be a letdown because Hillary's is going to be the worst. You just know that. Yeah. Do we want to hear Obama's or McCain? I feel like McCain's would be pretty uh, pretty out there. I don't have that one queued up yet, so you have to hear Obama first. Okay. All right. All right. So this is Barack Obama on WWE. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this special USA Network presentation. Here the big three-hour Monday Night Raw. We've already heard from Senator Hillary Clinton. And now we'd like to share these words with you. Let me ask you this. Just your gut sensed him? Scream your heads up for no reason. <laughs> Clap, you bastards. What candidate do you suspect the WWE Raw candidate comes down behind him? Oh, it's going to be McCain. I would think so, too. For our WWE fans, from Senator Barack Obama. Okay, so we heard Hillary's, no, 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 no. Let me ask you this. No, having not heard McCain's or Obama's, so Hillary's, we think, is going to be the worst. Yeah. Do we think McCain or Obama will be... Which one do you think is going to be less cringe-inducing, Obama or, or Probably McCain? Obama, because that's not a scene anyway. Or he wouldn't even pretend that that was a scene. So you think Hillary's going to be the I don't think Obama would play it straight. Hillary is the most pretentious and then of you all think, candidates. You think Obama might pull it off the best? Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's listen. Hey, WWE fans. I hope you're all enjoying the program tonight. Do you suppose he just hates every minute of this? I would. He does look like he's like, I do not want to be here. Do you suppose in his head he's like, hey, you unwashed goons? Mm -hmm. just, you know, this is a historic time for America. It's not just that the reign of Randy Orton may soon be coming to an end. It's that at this moment, in this election, we have a chance to finally end business as usual in Washington. For a long time now, we've had a politics where our leaders go after each other like they're competing to become king of the ring instead of coming together to provide universal health care, fix our economy. This is just insane. I mean, Sarah really nailed it when she said that we are living in some weird future hell world where everybody is a We mom. are in, like, Demolition Man or in <laughs> Idiocracy. That's it. That's, I can't believe you didn't get my Taco Bell reference. Did you get I didn't hear that. I didn't I said hear that we, it. Later we should go dine at the glamorous Taco Bell. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, I'm I was sorry, really I'm proud sorry. of that. Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer! I love that guy! <laughs> Solve our other problems. <laughs> That's what I'm running for president to change. So to the special interests who've been setting the agenda in Washington... Here comes the wrestling pun. ...for too long... And to all the forces of division and distraction that have stopped us from making progress for the American people, I've got one question. Do you smell what Barack is cooking? <laughs> okay, what, you can't really see it here. Uh, damn it, why is my monitor freaking out? Is that Hillary Swank? Is that Hillary Swank or Katie Holmes? Hillary Swank's bosoms. Uh, so, uh, now, um, I'll play the McCain one here, but you can't really see it or, or at all. But the thing that almost sells that one is, one, as soon as he's done, Barack gets this smile on his face like he can tell sort of how kind of silly it is. You can tell that there's, like, he's not really trying to, uh, God, apparently all three of them fight in the ring via impersonators. I guess later they get impersonators of all three to battle it out, which is fine because that's what the WWE does. Like, that's, that's their gig is to be silly. So I'm going to cue the McCain one up here in a second. The Barack one was, was, not, was not that bad. Um, because he didn't try to cram like a wrestling analogy. Was, you can tell that he couldn't get away with not doing any of them. So he only did, what, two? Right. Uh, and but, but at the end, he did this smile like, there you go. That was ridiculous. All right. So this, though, uh, this is John McCain uh, last night on WWE Raw. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Monday Night Raw. Earlier tonight, we have heard from the Democratic candidates for the presidency of the United States. Now, Presidency of the United States, what they 
the good senator from uh, Arizona, Senator John McCain, addresses you, our WWE fan. How are you, South Carolina? Finally, the Mac has come back to Greenville. No. The Mac. No. He, no. He is the Mac, no, Sarah. No. This is going to be bad. It's like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama want to settle their differences in the ring. Well, that's fine with me. But let me tell you, if you want to be the man, you have to beat the man. <laughs> well, he's hitting the ship like a baked potato. <laughs> he really does look like a caricature. Uh Come November, it'll be game over. And what's she going to do when John McCain and all his McCainiacs run wild? McCainiacs. I think we've... Is that, that can't be a previously existing thing. That's got to be a thing he's trying to create right here. McCain and all his McCainiacs run wild on you. You want to pull out of Iraq? Well, I say no surrender. America can lose. win the war against terror. I'm going to introduce Osama bin Laden to the Undertaker. You want to raise taxes? Wow. Well, I want a smaller government and bigger individuals. You see, my friends, I believe that America is the greatest nation in the America. world. America. And Americans don't watch wrestling Americans. because we're bitter. We watch WWE because wrestling is about celebrating our freedom. <laughs> really? Celebrating our freedom. Re Sarah, write that down. Wrestling is about celebrating our freedom. I think it's in America was wrestling to be the very best. So can you smell what the Mac is cooking? Mm. Let me give you a little straight talk, WWE fans. You might need a ticket to the Fatal Four next weekend, but you don't need a ticket to the cage match in November. Let me ask you right now. Do you suppose John McCain has any idea what he's talking about? No. Like on a scale of one to a hundred, where do you suppose his cognancy level is here? I'm thinking it's like a three. I mean, I would guess that he was introduced to the concept of this video about three minutes before he shot it. And someone he is at this moment holding massive cue cards behind the camera. And he's sort of gamely... Get out there and talk to the happy savages. <laughs> All you have to do is get out there and vote. You decide the champion. You make the difference. And that's the bottom line, because John McCain said so. How about that? Oh, that's November. That's you heard it. Get out there and vote. We want to thank all the candidates for taking time to talk to our WWE fans here tonight and wish the Democratic candidates good luck tomorrow in the Pennsylvania primary. And that was Jerry Lawler, by the way, on the on the left. All right. Um, well, okay. I don't really know that there's anything we can add to that. I think I'm going to play that break. I'm going to play that Hillary one again later, by the way, because it's gold. All right. Um, Man. Yeah. How many primaries left? The Oregon one isn't until uh, it's on May, the, right? It's on the it's May twentieth. May twentieth is ours. It is uh, the Tuesday it following the listener matters. party. Yeah, it's we, we might actually get a say in something. It is uh, the Tuesday following the listener party. So listener party on Thursday, primary Tuesday, Indy four on the next Thursday. So, so does that mean uh, Lisa Dejeuner is going to be here in Oregon? Dejeuner with, with her new radio. Oh, if she travels. Maybe they can send her our way to cover the... Or Steve Kastenbaum. Well, I don't know how it works, though, because don't we... Here, when do the ballots arrive? When do the ballots start so, arriving for the mailings? Is it some days, like, like when the next week or so? I would imagine so. And then they have to be... When, by when do, the, do they have to be postmarked? Oh, well, they tell you ahead of time. I, I would imagine a week ahead. Like, like a week Maybe ahead. Maybe a week. So, like, if, the, so if, the, if the primary... If the Oregon primary date is May 22nd, that just means that's the last day to mail in your ballot, right? Mm -hmm. It's all very confusing. Or May 20th, or yeah. whatever the hell that is. 
No, it has to be received by the 20th. It has to be received? I didn't yeah. know that. I thought it just had to be postmarked by then. No, because the results are giving out on a certain oh, day. Oh, okay. Isn't that true? You ask me. You're gold today. Well, every day. Stick to the political arena. So don't worry, Randy Orton. You're safe for now. When it comes to standing up for the American people, though, I am ready to rumble. Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Rick, those three announcements were just totally awful. Makes me want to go to the snack bar and get nachos and one of those beer hats. Anywho. All right. Um, I would I would like to do some sort of an insta poll of that, pardon me, of that WWE audience to kind of see... Who they liked, uh, maybe, I would suspect that they came down on the side of Barack Obama. I mean, between the two Democratic candidates. My guess is that they're probably uh, going to go uh, for McCain overall, that crowd. I mean, maybe I'm stereotyping, but maybe not. Um, I suspect that between Hillary and, and Obama, because the thing is, you is, really can't expect that crowd to get any smarter. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> Here's, let me just say Here this. book learning. <laughs> what are all these uh, these symbols on this page? You really, uh, we were talking about this during the break, you really, Tim, more than anybody in this room needs to see, you needs to, you needs to see. <laughs> I was trying to make me some time. <laughs> you need to see Idiocracy, uh, this Mike Judge film. And again, it, it's a flawed film. It's it's not perfect, but it was, he did uh, uh, Office Space, 
Did he do anything between Office Space and Idiocracy? I don't think so. He did Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, then Office Space, then this movie, Idiocracy. And Idiocracy, I won't get about the whole film, but the, the theory is that dumb people breed much faster than smart people. So there's this perfectly average guy who gets put into a deep freeze and wakes up in the future. But in the future, everybody is so dumb that the average man is now the smartest man on Earth because stupid people have bred and taken over the planet. You, of all people, will appreciate that, Tim. Because... We should play the trailer for it later. Yeah, we really are, like, in the early stages of the uh, idiocrization of America. So People are experiencing iPod fatigue. Yes, it's true. All right, did you like us yesterday, uh, by chance? He's 5 o'clock no, hour? No, I did not. The man, Tom? I was dining at the time. Can I just tell you that like us, uh, uh, when that guy talks about radio or industry news or shop talk, he does it probably better than anybody else. He did a whole hour yesterday on radio and the evolution of radio or de-evolution and iPods and iPods so-called fatigue and satellite radio. He like us did an entire hour about why young people uh, are drifting away from music radio and why music radio is seeing more and more diminishing returns. And, I mean, i got to tell you, it's it's like that day, when, when it's like when he came to town, I don't know, 18 months ago, whenever that was, and he was on the last hour of our show, and he talked a lot about this is a good time to be a content provider, which is sort of a fancy way of saying a talk show host, because that's the one thing that they can't automate, simulate, replicate, whatever. Um, he really, really nailed many of the problems with music radio and why music radio is just becoming a thing that the people do not necessarily turn to anymore. Uh, anyway, so um, I don't know why. Well, I missed it. All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, ma'am, that's an alligator in your kitchen. Sounds like a title from a Disney film, doesn't it? A Florida woman says she heard a noise in her home late last night, and when she went to check it out, she discovered there was an alligator in her kitchen. Where did that happen, Tim? Florida. Wow, that was really good, Jake. 69-year-old Sandy Frosty couldn't believe her eyes when she saw the gator's head on her kitchen floor. They said she immediately called 911 and then got out of the house and around at the home of uh, Evelyn Court, a neighbor. Investigators say they had to send investigators. It was an eight-foot alligator, apparently. It pushed through the screen door on Miss Frosty's back porch, went inside the house through an open sliding door, and made its way from the living room to the kitchen. Miss Frosty. An alligator trapper was called in to help capture the gator. Their deputies say the gator was slightly hurt when a plate fell off, trapping it. By the way. How heavy are her plates? (laughs) At Sandy Frosty's house. Trapping an alligator. I was just back on the little Miss Frosty. Then little Miss Frosty sound like some sort of a... That'd be like the girl in high school that won't put out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, Let's see, here's an email. Uh, Kathy says, hey, tell Tim that watching Idiocracy is pretty much like taking a ride on the max, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, isn't it true in Idiocracy, which I've, I've only seen twice, isn't it true that in the future the president is a pro wrestler? Isn't that the deal? Absolutely. Yeah, so in this movie, in the future, everybody's dumb, so the president is a pro wrestler. Good for them. And they water... America deserves such a thing. <laughs> and they water their crops with energy drinks. Uh, okay, I found the intro to it. I'm going to listen to it all the way through. I, I just I, heard I, the first five seconds of I'm it. I'm pretty sure it's clean. But there is that Carl's Jr. joke. Yeah. So What joke? Um, in the future, by the way, we are just... This is uh, true because it's in the movie. In Idiocracy, in the future, the... the uh, the slogan of Carl's Jr. is, Welcome to Carl's Jr., go F yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great little bit of viral marketing. I would say that it's uh, it's not as good as Demolition Man, but it is uh, like very much cut from the same cloth. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, a man has lost both his legs in a recycling accident. So much for going green. 
He went red? Apparently so. A Taranaki refuge worker is fighting for his life after having both his legs torn off in an industrial accident. Uh, it happened shortly before 3 p.m. when the man became trapped in a bailing machine. Uh, the plant is part of a waste management site. The man, believed to be in his late 20s, is understood to have lost both his legs from the knee down. The man's legs are badly crushed after having uh, been amputated, and fire crews struggle to retrieve them from the compressed bundle of rubbish. Uh, I don't want my legs ending up in a bundle of anything. Uh, then we have this road rage incident. A man apparently shot himself in the stomach after waving a gun in anger at a fellow motorist in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, David Lopez is expected to survive. He faces, uh, faces charges including disorderly conduct, reckless display of a firearm, and felony flight. Uh, banks in Monday, uh, it's Corporal Banks of the police department, said after Lopez shot himself, he uh, tried to evade police by driving away but crashed his car and then tried to run away on foot after crashing his car <laughs> and shooting himself. It's unclear what sparked the confrontation. 33-year-old Lopez has been evasive in police interviews. <laughs> Do you suppose? Uh, let's see. Oh, also, uh, the other driver was uninjured and took off, but he was arrested on charges of drunken driving. <laughs> so this is Tempe, Arizona, where it's always red on the weather maps. Stay away. It's like millions of degrees there every day. Uh, from New York comes word, a U.S. Postal Service worker is being praised after uh, handling with extreme care the most pressage package. <laughs> she got a baby. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Harrell can add hero to her record after catching a one-year-old baby who fell out a window. She's a 14-year veteran of the Postal Service. She was delivering mail, but she noticed a baby in a window. She said, the next thing she knew, the baby had fallen out the window and into her arms. I noticed the upstairs window was open halfway. The baby fell right into my arms. It happened quickly. Uh, this email clarifies, by the way. Make sure Tim knows that in the future, the president is not only a professional wrestler, his name is Beef Supreme. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's genius. I actually don't own it on DVD. Maybe I'll check CD Game Exchange. I think you yeah, should. I bet that. they have it in stock. Go to get it quickly for you. Oh, gosh, I'm missing little bits of it and ow my balls. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Is, that, is that a campaign slogan? No, in the future, that's the most popular television program. It's a show called Ow My Balls. And it's just guys guys getting hit in the junk for like an hour. Uh Hey, it's not far the CBS Evening News. <laughs> Maybe that would be a better programming decision. If they don't go with the news bot, then they'll go without my balls. And now, but it still has to be hosted by Katie Couric. And she has to sit there and she has to just. She's still on contract. <laughs> she has to. She has to sit to play out the rest of her deal. Just sit there and introduce guys getting hit in the sack. By the way, have you noticed that uh, Richie has, smells particularly fragrant today? Am I the only one who noticed that? He's ready to meet one of his new 37 wives. Oh, we'll talk about that next hour. Richie apparently has a sheaf of photographs showing the, I swear to you, I swear to God, 37 Asian women. Why, that's a harem of Asian women. It really is. Uh, so they are all uh, lined he could, up. He could start his own polygamous compound. Richie, duly noted. Get on that. Uh, so we'll talk to, uh, to Richie about that uh, later on. Oh, by the way, I should make this observation as well. Well, never mind. No, make it. I was just going to say that... Uh, also, speaking of Richie, uh, smelling a little fragrant, um, so every so often, uh, I, I will, um, I had to do this thing this morning, speaking of fragrances, where I ran out of shaving cream, I ran out of shaving cream last night, and it was that thing where I meant to go to the store, and see, women, as I've noted, kind of have it, uh, lucky in that you can skip a day shaving if you want to, I mean, now you got more to shave and so forth, but it's, you know, the legs and the underarms, the whatever, but you can sort of go a day or two, like, if you really have to, like, if you oversleep and don't get it done, and you can just sort of cover everything up, whereas guys, like, if you were, especially if you work in an office or something, you, you don't want to, you know, 
you you, you kind of have to do it. You sort of have to shave, to, or else you're just going to look like you're sleeping one off or something. So last night I realized I was out of shaving cream, and I meant to go to the store and get some, and I woke up this morning and realized that there was no shaving cream. And I don't know how other guys handle this, but if you wake up and realize that there is no shaving cream, and I also didn't have time to shower, so... Today? Yes. Yeah. So that's the so. So just so you know, so you're standing next to a man covered in filth, Tim. So I didn't have time Ew. to shower. Well, because I overslept, didn't have time to shower, and had no shaving you cream. You need a new alarm clock. It seems like yours doesn't work very often. No, it works. I just have no willpower. So I'm standing in front of the sink, looking into the mirror, looking at the scruff on my face, holding the razor in my other hand, thinking to myself, how am I going to make this work? Well, but see, let me ask you, Tim, if I may, if I may be so bold. So, if you wake up and you are without shaving cream somehow, mm-hmm. if that ever happens to you, yeah. what is your backup plan? Do you have a backup plan? I I usually have spare travel shaving cream that I only used a little bit of from ah. a previous trip. I always keep all my travel stuff in a little bag underneath the sink of uh, my office bathroom that I usually use. Now, see, I also have the little travel shaving kit, and it has the traveling. Uh, it has the little, the little tiny novelty size shaving cream and razor. There's always some left in there. But see, I'm afraid to use it though because I don't know if you all remember this, but about six months ago, I came to work and realized I hadn't shaved. So I walked across the street to the plaid pantry and I bought like a, like a, uh, like the industrial size, like a two in one. Well, it was like a two in one pack. You know where they sell the like single serving of aspirin for four dollars and like the one condom for nine dollars and you know, like the one breath mint for seventeen dollars. So it was. Uh, over there with like the sort of b- the bathroom products and it was a tiny little thing of, of shaving cream and a razor and it cost $6.99 and so I <laughs> but I didn't want to walk around that office looking all scruffy so I bought it and I swear to you, it was like putting gasoline on my face and then shaving with a gun. I mean, really. <laughs> it was, I mean, I was just red and swollen and bleeding and so I briefly considered my travel and the, I don't even know why I still own it. I would never use it again. I mean, it was like some it was like some weird torture device. So, anyway, so I didn't use that, and so I ended up. My wife was there, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't have any uh, shaving cream. I said, do you, you know? And I thought, you know, maybe maybe she has some. I said, honey, do you have? Do you have like some shaving gel or some whatever? And she goes, no, 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 just use that body butter that's sitting on the sink. And I looked <laughs> down, and it's like a little, like a round tin, and it. I swear to you, it says luscious body butter on top, and I said. All that's in here is this thing that says luscious on it. She goes, no, 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 that's it. That'll be, just put it on your face. It'll be fine. And I open it, and it's like I've opened like like a bad. It's like walking into that presence of mind store where everything just reeks of potpourri and hippie. Uh, and I said, are you are you sure? And she goes, no, 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 that'll be fine. Put it on. And so I realized that this is what my life has become this morning. I'm sitting here in the bathroom r- rubbing luscious body butter onto my face, which then just begins to, to just a reek of lavender and flowers and puppies, uh, and then shaving myself and just sitting there wondering if there isn't some sort of easier solution to this. And so that merged with another thought. Do you remember that time long ago on the program when we used that NADS hair removal stuff on Clyde's back? That was funny. Yeah, it was. It was amusing. Do you, were you, Sarah, were you around for that? I did it. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I didn't remember that. I no, remember we did like the, no. We I were, thought Kim Morgan did that. No, it was it was both of us. Oh, I'm sorry for you. So, yeah, but it was that, where you put like the gel and then the then the uh, cloth strips and then you wait like five minutes and you go <laughs> and tear it off and then you're just hair free forever. So I was thinking about this last night uh, it, when I was out of shaving cream and then this morning as I'm putting luscious body butter under my face. Which does make me feel a little oogie, but uh, isn't there, like, would that stuff work on your face? 
Like, if I did that on my face, could I then not have to shave for a month? Could you not shave for a month? Yeah. I mean, any of those things that you, they, like that NAD stuff or whatever, it's made to put on your legs so that you don't have to shave for a couple weeks. Isn't that the deal? So you want to know if you can put NADs on your face. <laughs> put it on real good. Lots you know, of NADs. You know, you know, it hurts when you take it off, Sarah. Ow, my NADs. I don't think that you're supposed to NAD your face. <laughs> but I'm just, but I don't. have you ever used any of that stuff on your legs or the gel and the the, the, the cloth and you tear the, it off? The tearing, I yeah. did it once, never, ever, ever, ever again. Do you it remember? Was so painful. Do you remember for how long you were hair free? Like how long mm, until you know, had like, to shave that area again? I don't know, like a couple weeks. See, I would totally, I would, I would withstand that. Pain. But I think your face pores are different than like other pores on your body. Like you probably just end up ripping your face off. <laughs> is that true? I mean, it. it well, it are you like talking, hair you're talking hair. about? You're talking about waxing, right? You're not talking about the hair dissolving stuff. Well, what what's the difference? Well, there's the hair dissolving. There's like nair, where like you put that cream on you and then you wait for a few minutes and then you can just wipe the hair off because it like dissolves the hair. And is that? Uh, but it and then there's waxing, which is what you're talking about, where you put like the clear jelly. And then you rip it off, and, and it comes out at the root. Off. Now with the nair, how is that like still a one day thing? How long does that last? A few days. See, I would completely do that. I just yeah, nair's pretty awesome. I hate shaving so much. I just detest. How does it dissolve it hair? That seems unsafe, though. If it can dissolve hair, what does it? Do? Why doesn't it dissolve your skin, or does it? I, I think the skin on your face is different than the skin on your legs. It's a different kind of skin. <laughs> Sounds like an ad for a fictitious product. So, all right. Well, we have to investigate it further because I just... I wouldn't try it. I have these... Well, you wouldn't try it, Tim, but but of course, not everybody gave, gave, gave it a thought when your internet went down last night. <laughs> what else can I do with this time? What I put nair on my face? <laughs> Let me see if I can dissolve my skin. I just hate shaving so much. I, I just, suppose you should. Why don't you just grow a beard? I, I, because I don't look good with a beard. Why don't you try? I, I've never seen you with a beard. Why don't you try it? You oh. used to have Charles Manson hair. I want to see I, you uh, uh, You've seen me with it. Well, you saw me with the Van Dyke. People yeah. call it a goatee, but it's really a Van Dyke. You've seen me with that. How did you feel about that? Because that's like a starter beard. Yeah. That was like an early 90s beard. I don't think... I, first of all, I'd have to... Now, do you mean the kind where I like? I think you should just go where for the, the gold. sideburns connect with the beard, like the full-on court, because court. You should fat become boy. a full-on beardo. Have yes. you seen court? He's got the beard. Yeah. You mean like that? Totally. I, you think that would work? You should try. I thought girls didn't like beards. If I could like grow facial hair, I would totally try to grow a beard. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing you've ever said. <laughs> but I mean, come on, you've got you you have the ability to grow a beard. Why wouldn't you want to? Tim, have you ever had a beard? I can't grow one. You can't really? Is that true? That is. Do you have just very fine facial hair? I don't have any hair at all that grows. Oh, see how lucky you are. No, it isn't real. You know, the grass is always greener, isn't it, Tim? <laughs> no, it was terrible in the 70s because I didn't look like anybody else. You were required to, where is your facial and, hair? And, and no chest hair. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I mean, I wasted my time. The chains might have helped, but there just wasn't enough behind. I was so glad in the 70s. That was a hair decade. Once I again, I can be all. proudly smooth. That's what's going on these days is the they're all like hair farming now. Is that? I didn't know that. I know that the kids have the shag haircuts again, but I didn't know... Shag that... haircuts, full-on beards. So you, so you go in Hawthorne and everyone's a beardo. Now, when you say uh, when you say beard, do you also mean the mustache? Yeah, like the everything. Full-on. Like, I'll show you a sample friend. Let's see. How does that even work, though? I mean, do you... Where where do you shave? For If you're growing a beard, do you shave at the jawline? Shave, yeah, no neck beard. Like, here. Like, that's I don't want to be... I don't want to be a mountain man. I I don't really know... 
Just in time for the listener party. Just in time to be wearing a tux. Wearing a tux. And a... <laughs> a beard and a tux. I I think this might be the wrong time to do that. I think you're taking on too many things. <laughs> I think I have too many plates spinning already, Sarah. I don't know if this is going to be the right time to do that. I think after the listener party, we should start your quest for a beard. We should have a beard contest. Like, Rick Emerson in quest for beard. You can do it for children. <laughs> you can have a beard contest for yourself. Um... And you, would you say like let it get bushy, and or you can just cut sort of, it off for locks of love, or just or keep it close in like the uh, not like George Michael, but you know like Cord has the full on like he's letting it really he's letting it go. He's got like the like that guy Bluto from the Popeye cartoons. That's Cord's beard. So I'm thinking I would have to keep it a little closer in, not like a George Michael. Type I think beard, that but, you could do. I think you should do full on bushy beard. I say go for it. Are you just doing this because you know that I follow your advice unthinkingly and no. you're just, you're making me do something stupid? Honestly, no. I wish. You know what? I'm just saying because that's something that I can't do. So if I had the ability to do it. Is this like how of... if I had breasts, I would just stay home with a mirror all day? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think anything was creepier than that Hermione comment. Did you know she was 18? <laughs> wow. You topped that. Hooray! Okay, we've got a break, or we've got calls, or we've got Let's whatever. We've got a break. <laughs> Sitting in front of a mirror, brushing my hair. <laughs> where, I did a home play with my beard. Where, where'd I get all that hair? Back after this. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Dear Rick, please humiliate my boyfriend, Kevin, at Emerson's 11, as the announcement of the event has been more than just table talk, and his 26th birthday is that week. We'll be there early. He's a huge fan. Blah, blah, blah. Signed, Martha Quackenbush. All right. Um, I will take it under advisement. Uh, speaking of Rick Emerson, Listener Party 2008, Emerson's 11. Uh, be going now to 970.am, 970.am, and vote on your choice for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, Emerson's 11, the logo. Uh, there are five right there, and we got, I don't know, like 20, 25 submissions, something like that. We're all really good. I mean, it was, it was very difficult to sort of winnow it down. Uh, but we found five that we think are, you know, sort of the most, part. we did kind of some internal polling, we asked around, kind of went with our gut sense, and also found five that were uh, kind of representative. So you go to 970.am. And you scroll towards the bottom of the page where it says, as heard on uh, the Rick Emerson show. There's a little link there that says to vote. There, uh, the, the five that we chose were the uh, Emerson's Eleven with bacon. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, the Emerson's Eleven that is sort of the Mad Men logo. The uh, Ocean's Eleven uh, that has uh, Indiana Jones, Transformer, Batman, Boba Fett. The one with the felt and the multi-sided die. And then the one where I'm a Rick Pig baby. So. Um, did you see the one that Jarrus has? Uh, the, the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas. Yes. Very cool. I think it got in after the deadline, unfortunately. I think that was the thing. That's... It's, which is too bad. It's, it says Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas, but I think it says Welcome to Fabulous Emerson's Eleven or something. Isn't that the thing? Yeah, it says... No, it says Welcome to Emerson's Eleven. Welcome to Emerson's Eleven. I see... I didn't see it... I didn't see it until Saturday. So I don't know if it was submitted before that and it got lost. Or I think I think he did into... say that it was submitted beforehand. I'll have to check with Bridget on that uh, because if that somehow got lost uh, in the internet, uh, I mean that's, this one needs to be voted on. It's really really I mean, good. Look at that. Oh no, it's great. It's just, yeah, it is the welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. 
uh, that famous sign and that it's been altered at the Sam Emerson's 11. So I'll check with Bridget because if it got lost into a hole somewhere, then we ought to give it a running shot. Mm-hmm. So I was I was unclear about it, about when. I know there's been, he's had some Internet issues, too, because he's laid up in the hospital and he's trying to, uh, to listen to the show streaming. And I think the stream has had some weirdness. Uh, we'll talk to Richie here in just a few about his many prospective uh, Asian lovers. Uh, so what is the consensus that people are writing? Are they are they encouraging you for the beard? Let's see. Let me just read subject lines. Um, beard, do it. Rick, I think the beard look would suit you. You should totally grow a beard. Uh, use nads on your face. Nads on your face. Nads on your face. <laughs> nads on your face. I want to see you nadding your face. Have you had nads on your face before? Uh, this one just says do it, do it, do it. So, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, Rick. How Hi. Are you? Hello. Um, this is Terry. Yes. Um, I just want to give you some kudos for uh, the commercial that you guys have running for um, the foster children. Yes. And the bowling thing. Uh, very funny. Excellent. Very funny. Well, it's what we do. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, also, don't right, for those who don't know what don't put an on your as, face. As a side note, by the way, just for those who know what you're talking about, um, we are going to be doing uh, uh, a bowling uh, a charity bowling event. Uh, with Sleep Country, that is for foster children, you know, local foster children. So um, uh, that is going to be coming up on May 18th. So we'll be sort of talking uh, more about that as, uh, as as time progresses. Yeah, and it's very funny. You guys, both you and Sarah, are hilarious. We do try to amuse. Yes. Yeah, and you do a good job. Thank you. You do a good job. Uh, don't put nair on your face because um, you get it on your lips. You get it anywhere near sensitive like that, it's a very bad thing. And um, have you heard of a shopping list where you, like, when you get low on something, you put it on the list and then you go once a week to the grocery store and you buy it so that you don't run out of shaving cream? Am I being made the object of your derision? No, I'm just saying, have you heard of doing such a thing? Um, I have, but we don't really. We're, we're bad at shopping lists in our house. Our, well, in our house. Maybe, maybe, just maybe you should think about here's the, it. Here's the thing, and I've talked about this before, and Sarah and I have had this discussion before, that in every relationship there's usually a stable person and then a sort of person who's a real slacker. My wife, God bless her, does her best to be the stable, organized one in the household, but really we're both just overgrown adolescents. We're, we both... And I, and I don't say this with any sort of shame. It's just, just the way it is. My wife and I are both in our 30s. You come to our house, we still live like college students. And it just is what it is. It's it, it, the way we eat, the way we decorate our house. The most expensive piece of furniture we own costs $150. Um, I mean, the most expensive thing in our home, the single most expensive thing in our home, I think, except for our dining room table, the most expensive thing in my home is a framed uh, death cab for cutie poster in our living room. Uh, well, wouldn't you save yourself a so, lot of grief? Probably. I'm just saying, and also the fact that we don't have kids, uh, don't plan to have kids, we haven't really ever been forced to be adult about things. And so, you know, shopping list, why? There's a convenience store right down the street. So, <laughs> all right. Well, just a suggestion. All right, thank you. All right. Bye. Uh, it's You know what I'm talking about, though. I do. All right. Oh, by the way, speaking of eating and living like college students, I want to thank slash uh, deride Eric for putting Easy Mac in the vending machine in the kitchen. Because now, knowing that Easy Mac is there, I used to have to walk down the street to buy a tuna sandwich in the afternoon. That's kind of my go-to sandwich. Which, A, got me out, got me walking, and got me eating something that was relatively healthful. Knowing that there is Easy Mac in the vending machine in the kitchen, now... 
A, I don't have to eat it healthily in the afternoon, and B, I don't have to walk to do it. I can I cannot exercise and fill my body with sodium and starch like all at once. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Rick. Hello, you. <laughs> hey, uh, I had the bright idea of trying to use an air on the face once because I'm lazy and I hate to shave. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. So I do it about once a week, but uh, the nair, I tried it once, and I wouldn't recommend it. So, but I mean, what happened? Because okay, let me ask you this, Sarah. You yes. you used or use nair on your legs? You have or do? I have before. Now is it hurt? Actually, it hurt? now that we're talking about this, I should start using it again. It was very convenient. It doesn't hurt. No. And you put it on. I mean, it kind of. Um, I remember using it when it first came out, and it kind of burned. And then before I think they, they fixed re- that. Before they revised the formula. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Ingredients: acid. So you put it on, and it, you let it sit for a while, and then you just wash it away, and the hair goes with it. Is that the that's the that's, deal? That's the mm-hmm. concept. But um, when you know, if you have a real thick beard, and and you wipe it off, and inevitably you still have about half your beard left. And I tried to reapply, and then on the second application is when the intense burning sensation started. I don't want an intense burning uh, sensation anywhere in my body. I, I wouldn't do it. You just stick with shaving with a blade. Uh, all right, thank you. All right. All or right. else, don't stick with shaving and grow a fabulous beard. But that. Like, well, seriously, that seems like the only way to alleviate your problem. Here's my thing. Um, so, here's a couple problems with shaving. A, I forget to do it or I wake up late. B, uh, you know, I and you know, I've talked about this. I get, I get like the razor burns. I have like, uh, like the area in my neck is kind of sensitive, and so I'll shave, and so I get the razor burn. I remember you and, and I went fancy it's razor a, shopping. Before. Yeah, it's a big deal, and it is, I feel like I look like a tool and whatever. But the other problem with shaving is, and if uh, like. Once a month, I go to get my hair cut, and they will bring in and, and cut and trim and shape my like my sideburns and whatever. But, of course, because looking into a mirror, you have no depth perception. So over the course of, like, the next three and a half weeks, like, my sideburns get all, like, unskewed and, or, you know, skewed and slanted and all weird and whatever. <laughs> because looking into a mirror, you can't tell, like, what the hell you're doing. And then I have to get them fixed once a month. So the beard would probably alleviate that. Mm-hmm. Never having had a beard... So then I would need to know. Now, it's, if I have. It's come time in your life to experience a beard, my child. Now, do you have to. Do it. Do you have to um, trim anything but the jawline? It's like if it's trim on your face. You're talking to me like I've had a beard. I don't know. I think I've, every time, every person I see, like, you, you get rid of the neck beard. Right, because you don't want to look like that. But yeah. I mean, up on the face, like, do you have to, like, this sounds dumb, but like by your cheek sort of area? Well, like, it is depends there... on how hairy you are. How high does your hair grow? I don't know, like, up to here. So I like, go get yeah, small hairs. Yeah, I mean, I think, tr- yeah, trim it. You I mean, could, definitely keep that trim. But you could probably do that just real easily in like 10 seconds. Yeah, you could just probably just go. I should get Cord in here and ask him about his beard at some point. I bet he's here. I think this has to wait until after the listener party because wouldn't you agree that just having a beard and a tux, I can't make that work. A beard and a tux is You would work. look like a 70s movie star. Well, that's kind of, you know. That is kind of what maybe, we're going for. Maybe there's a little something there, though. Maybe there's. Maybe there's I think you should do it. All right. Well, I got it higher on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, everybody. This is Benjamin the Bard, as heard on the most recent uh, Film People Radio commentary. Well, all right, then. There we go. With that introduction, sir, plunge on boldly ahead. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, All right. Well, I've uh, I've actually got a beard, and uh, what I do is imagine uh, you've got the goatee and you've got the the mustache, and they all come together, and you can just take your sideburns and kind of wrap them down along your jawline, and that way you're shaving kind of on your cheek and you're shaving on your neck, and you've got just kind of that definition going along the jawline. This is a really complex call. I don't really know what we're talking about anymore. Well, you were asking what kind of beard they have, and you were trying, I'm trying to describe the way I do it, the, what, what I've got. To, well, so basically uh, everything but your neck. Well, you shave the neck, and then you kind of shave. It depends on how much you want on your cheeks. Yeah, sort of, the, sort of the cheeks so that it doesn't grow up by, like, your nose or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's nice. But, um, All right. But, uh, you know, I also shave with uh, with uh, cocoa butter because I got tired of spending so much money on uh, on gels and whatnot, and it works great. It provides the lubrication and uh, moisturizes the skin at the same time. So. I will actually say, and this is not a plug, uh, just uh, there's uh, at Nordstrom, they sell this this art of shaving stuff that I quite like. It's like a shaving oil and then a shaving lotion. And then I use, you know, and the thing, of course, is to use like a sharp razor because, like, it, when I was younger, especially, I get, why am I getting razor burn? And I would buy these dollar ninety nine razors at Safeway and use them for a year, you know. And at the end, it was just sort of like, you know, it's like basically like you're like you're basically shaving with a spoon at the end. So, all right. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. But I'll, I'll tell you what not to do. Now, I've, uh, I'm also the same guy that called a little while ago, uh, a couple weeks back, about getting my tooth cracked in half and uh-huh. uh, having the abscess. Yeah, that's me. Uh-huh. Um, I went and had a facial wax to get rid of the hair that I usually shave. And I do not recommend this to any man or woman under any circumstances ever. For, for God's sake, do not. Now, was wax it, your face. now when you, you got a, uh, now you got this professionally then, like you didn't do it at the store. Oh, no, I went to like a beauty salon where they would do pedicures and nail jobs. Where they would do what we, you know, leg or bikini waxing or some kind? Yeah, yeah, and like if you're a woman who's never had it done, just, I can't even imagine what it would feel like to have like a Brazilian done because on my face, this is just my neck and cheek hair, just 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 the barest minimal of, of the, the least amount of hair I could take off and still keep my beard in the shape it was. And, man, the process of having they spread the hot wax on your face and the process of having that ripped off, they put their, they put their hand down, they give it a few little test tugs, and then... <laughs> Just all, all of it, and you feel like every one of a thousand hairs slipping out of your face, tearing. Oh, it's just the worst experience. Now, how how effective was it though in terms of making you hairless? (laughs) This is what I'm saying. It was nice and smooth. I mean, they missed a couple, which they went back for the tweezers, but it lasted for about a week. Oh, see, that's totally not worth it. No, it was it was expensive. It was painful, and like afterwards, my neck was like raw. And that, like, every pore had turned inside out, and it was, was all bumpy, and it was just horrible. <laughs> this, is a, this turned out to be a great call. Oh, well, thank you. All right, thank you, sir. I'm going out on that note, then. Bye. Bye. All right, my pore, every pore had been turned inside out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Yes. Um, I'd be will- I wanted to try that nair on the face <laughs> idea. Um, I kind of have, uh, I'm going to go tea out, and I, uh, Looking for, because I don't want to, I'm like you, I screw shaving. Yeah. So, um, my daughter, my stepdaughter has uh, the Nair. Well, it's not a uh, comparable. But it's it's a Nair-like uh, product. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. And I was listening. I was like, I could uh, do it and then report back and see, okay. you know. Now, exactly. she, she already owns this, so it's not a thing you would have to buy. Exactly. When did, when did you thought about using this on your face, sir? Uh, in the past, you know. Hour, whenever I thought. Uh, but I mean, is this a thing you would maybe do tonight? Yeah. Okay. What's your name? Uh, Andrew. Andrew. Do you, do you want a last name or? No, no, no. It's fine. Uh, no, we have we have like a thousand Andrews that call us, but well, I'll put okay, you on hold I'll, and I'll, Richie uh, will get. I'm the, I'm the bad na- uh, nickname idea, Andrew. I don't know. What do you want to put down there, Andy? Uh, as Sarah suggested. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll put you on hold here in a second, and Richie will get your contact info. So you're going to try this Nair stuff on your face today. Yes. All right. So. Um, already established that's all like Bernie and bad. I think it does well, make. I'm gonna it... do. I'm gonna do like a pre-shave, just like a little bit, just to get it down. Oh, I don't know. No, that I like the patch work. test. It's already. It's just barely stubbly. It's, it should be fine. All right. So the key. So we want to know a couple things. A, how well it gets rid of the hair, and then we'll want to see how long the hair stays gone afterward. Excellent. All right. I'm gonna put you on hold, Richie. Um, thank you, sir. Richie, uh, he's line. Uh, 
one. Yeah, if you just get, just get his contact info, and then let's do one more call, and then we'll bring Richie in here. Richie's getting his info, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to Richie about his many uh, prospective Asian brides. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's, see, let's do this. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey. Meryl. What's up? The, uh, you get that beard going, you get the tux, you tie it all together with some cowboy boots. So, I, so I'm sort of Chris Christopherson as Rat Packer. Yeah. All right. Duly noted, sir. Chris Christopherson's. Right. Thank you. Sexy man. You know, Chris Christopherson makes the beard work. Of course, he's also a Golden Coast you know, and think, a celebrity. I think that was what I was thinking of. I think I was thinking of him in A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. No, but see, I, yeah, I don't know that I could. I'm trying to think if there's anybody who remotely uh, looks like me that has the beard. It also works. And also, let's just. Uh, here. Richie, if you can join us in the studio. Why does this have to be his thing? I think because it makes you twitch uncontrollably, for starters. Mm-mm. All right. There you go. Uh, here's the final thought on Chris Christopherson. The thing that makes it work for him is because he has kind of that curly hair, right? Doesn't he have curly hair in A Star Is Born? No, not really. Maybe, really? Not, it's not anything like mine, is it? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's a little bit like I'm yours. trying to picture me with a beard, and sort of the way I look now, but with a beard in a tux, and that I'm trying to conjure up in my head if there's ever been anybody else who looks like that. Because obviously none of the Rat Pack guys have beards. I don't think any of the Ocean's Eleven guys in the, the remake, I don't think any of the remake Ocean Eleven's guys have beards. Clooney has that ever-present stubble. Well, I mean, none of them had it. multicolored hair like I do either. I mean, that's true. We're all, we're all different. We can only, you know, play our parts so much. I guess we have to be who we are, Sarah. Sure do, Rick Emerson. Maybe somebody I should... I can't find any pictures of Chris Christopherson. Uh, maybe somebody should Photoshop me. With a beard. What do you think? Yes. I'm not trying to make the audience do my work, but do my work. Uh, so please now find a representative photo of me uh, and then give me give me a beard. I say knowing that it's all going to be Merlin Olsen like Amish beards. Well, I know that everybody's going to give me like a Mennonite, you know, Zachariah beard. But all right. Richie Bristol, hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Good. All right. So here's what's coming up. Bottom of the hour, more news from Tim Riley. Like us at 3, uh, Michael Mara Show at 7. Don't forget to go to 970.am, by the way, uh, and vote on a logo uh, for Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening Thursday, May 15th. Okay, so, Richie, you are going to be uh, a spokesperson uh, for one of our many valued clients, South Sea Connections. Uh, and uh, so as part of that, you are what? You're going through the program or you, you went to the seminar? You, what, is, what is the deal? Uh, last night I met with Stu, and uh, he started showing me things about how it works and He's pretty smart. He's got like a master's in behavioral science, I think. In a thing. And uh-huh. so, the so he's like a Dr. Phil. And so you filled out, uh, let me adjust this mic here a little bit. And so you filled out a survey. And what did the survey, did the, did the survey did you describe yourself or what you were looking for in a woman or both? Or? Uh, yeah, it's like a profile, like a, you know, like a match.com. Because it, I mean, it is, it is. So you can specify what you're looking for, right? Because you were saying before, it's like, are you looking for no a plaything? Or you're looking for, well, you're looking for something casual or perhaps something more serious, a relationship or children. Yeah, or okay. if you just want to be a player, it even says it in there. Did it? Okay, see, I didn't want to say that, but player is, that, is, an option? is that really an yeah. option? Do you it want to be a player? player? Please tell me you checked player. It said, you just want to be honest. No, I didn't. I didn't. What did you check? Uh, Are you looking for a relationship? Are you looking for a serious relationship? Settling down in suburbia. <laughs> Pin pal. <laughs> <Life>. <laughs> Basically, I checked them all, except player. You checked everything but player? Yeah. You, it's just like announcing you're a pimp or your player. That's just 
It okay, work. you're in something called the Pimp Squad, Richie. <laughs> maybe, that's under, you know. maybe that's under other. And uh, I haven't had a date since the formation of the Pimp Squad. How about that? <laughs> so I'm learning here. I thought you got the number of that hot girl at the Plaid Pantry. Numbers and hellos and MySpace and all Did that. you ever call her? Did you ever go back over there to talk to her? I went that? over there and she was on the phone talking about her kids and kind of turned me off. Oh. Uh... <laughs> just the way she's talking about it. Just was she talking in baby talk about her kids? No, she just had mental issues already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's moving on. Um, so, um, it, it, what about the uh, what about the, the the chick from Clear Channel that was all like wanting to bang you? Right. Yeah, what about that girl? She's got mental issues too. <laughs> no. All right. So moving forward. Um, somebody pro- like me. Somebody's projecting a little bit with his crazy crusty to clown laugh. Um, all right, so but let me ask you this, though. So is your thing about not checking player is that you feel like um, you are a player, but a true player doesn't say it? Is that your deal? No. A true player doesn't say that he's a player. I'm not trying to be a player. A true pimp lets them, they they got to sense your pimpitude. Well, no. what are you? More like a swinger. Like, they got to be okay with. Did you say oh. that? Really? <laughs> Did you specify that they have to be okay with swinging? Richie? Well, I mean, if you're honest and you say, I'm going to be with this, I'm just dating. Oh, so you're not looking for a monogamous relationship? Not now. Wait, hold on. Let's let me back up because these are serious questions. This is, you know, what it, we have. We live in a progressive city. We have a progressive audience. These questions probably, in all 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 seriousness, apply to uh, some folks in the audience. So you so you are looking ideally uh, through this uh, through South Sea connections. You would meet a charming Asian lady who would uh, come here and perhaps be a companion, but who would uh, understand that you do not desire a monogamous relationship. Not yet. So she would. So does she pay her way to come here, or do you? Well, there's a lot of nurses. I think that's well. That's a that's a deal that I think the if I'm if I correct because I know we asked him that and I can't remember. I think you kind of go through the seminar, and I think when you he introduces you to the to the ladies or whatever, and I think kind of beyond that, I think you and she like if you hit it off online or whatever, I think you guys kind of figure you take it from that point. It's yeah. kind of between you and her. So do you have photographs? Is that the deal? Uh huh. Okay. Well, he that's has not actually, fair. You get to look at those right now. He has a map. And what it is is, like, I'm looking at girls at different areas so that when I go next year, I'm going to Asia, I'm going to stop in Bangkok and Philippines and Manila. You're going to do a whole tour? Manila, and I'm going to go, okay, i got a date on Tuesday with this chick, on Wednesday with this chick. How close are these countries to each other? Because I don't know how the world works. I'm Uh, one of those Americans that can't find Iraq. I know it's 45 cents or something in a cab. (laughs) We even got the... Breakdown. Of what do you mean? Home. It's forty-five what cents in a cab. Wait, what does got, that? What does that mean? He's got pictures of like cabs. He goes, you take this one to this city, and oh, so he knows the travel routes between the different because I don't know how far like yeah, he's Bangkok a... is to like Taipei. Okay. Like I have no idea. He's I can't wait any longer. All right, let me see. Can you please pass me one? All right, he gave me a file because I have just, to we'll organize split these in half. Okay. You actually right. had to show me how to organize them. There's right. so many of them. So let's see here. So are these? Um, these are all interested in me. Hold on. Let's just back up here. Whose notes are these? These are my notes. How, um... I got rid of any girl that's What's not a wrong? Five. Is this your rating system? <laughs> is this your rating system? Are these ratings next to the girl? All right. Um, well, hold on. Let's, before we do... Before we, before we do anything else, let's take a break. Let's take a break, and we're going to do two things. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. News with Tim Riley. And uh, then we, we will talk about... These photographs and Richie's rating system that he has used to describe some of the girls from South Sea Connections. A proud and respected advertiser on the Rick Emerson Show. Stay there.
terrible people. Yeah. Hey, Rick. Yes. Bubble wrap. Thank you. I'm going to stop now. So we just got the coolest thing. Uh, we just got the coolest package. Somebody sent us, uh, it's from Judy, just sent us the Blood Rock. I never did play the B-side. Some guy, uh, who, uh, his name is um, um, James, I think. Oh, I'm such a jerk. I, I forgot his name. Uh, I have his letter at home. Sent us the Blood Rock, the DOA 45, um, which is a terrible B-side. This, uh, so we just got in the mail the entire Blood Rock LP. Blood Rock 2. What are some of the... Where did that go, Tim? What are some of the other songs on Blood Rock 2? Some of the other songs? Lucky in the Morning. Cheater. Sable and Pearl. Fallen. Children's Heritage. Dire Not a Lover. D-O-A. I'm a Dire Not a Lover. And D-O-A, of course. Fancy Space Odyssey. Um, the Children's Heritage is the B-side to DOA, and it's just awful. It's oh, so like terrible. it's copyright 1970. This thing is old. Yeah. Did you see in the back, the liner notes consist of... Blood Rock is a band from Fort Wayne, Texas. This is their second album. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Rick, please tell Tim he is my new hero. Now knowing that my inability to grow facial hair will not hamper my chances of becoming great, just like Tim Riley. I don't know what that means. It means that you are great. Oh, now people are already sending in photos of me with a beard. Uh, all right. At the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth... This is Tim Riley. Well, to celebrate Earth Day, which is today, the governor walked on his own steam. Well, under his own steam. Well, he walked. To work. Two whole miles. He told reporters, we're going to have to change how we live our lives. He plans to walk home today, too. The governor does? Yes. All right. Because it's Earth Day, he sees more of the Earth. In in honor of Earth Day, by the way, I printed out every story twice and then threw half of them away. Well, it's probably not too unusual for two sisters to be pregnant at the same time. But these three, oh, these Wisconsin sisters are twins, and they are expecting twins. The lacrosse twins are attracting a lot of attention with their expected bundles of joy. Jennifer and her younger sister Katrina are both pregnant with this medical rarity that occurs only in one in 6,400 births. Oh, this is too bad. A Manhattan hooker interviewed by Diane Sawyer in an ABC special on prostitution was busted by her mom, who recognized her daughter despite the network's, the network's efforts to disguise her. You know, those disguises never work, though. No. Whenever they show, like, be, do you ever see those things in movies where, like, they, uh, like that movie The Bridge, about all those people who jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, they, there's that thing where they don't alter her voice, but it's like she's shown in shadow. Yeah. And it's like, who does that fool? Anyone who knows this her. This is in spite of a silhouette and altered voice and distorted profile. That's like saying that if I put Tim behind a curtain and just had him speak, no one would know it was you. That's true. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense at all. I received an email from my mother saying she knows. She saw the interview and decided to sit on this knowledge until she could see me again. She decided to contact me, though. Unfortunately, while my mother knows about my other life, I still worried about being outed altogether and don't know if I have the strength to risk that now. It's been a rough couple of days. By the way, this email says, Rick with a beard equals Dustin Diamond in Celebrity Fat Club. <laughs> right, thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I want to see some of the pictures that people have Oh, seen. here's the only one that's uh, that's come in so far. This is. Tell me what you guys think about this. This is some. Um... I think it might work. Tim? You look a little Santa Clausy. What say ye? You look like somebody. Everybody looks like somebody, Tim. You no, mean somebody in particular? 
You think I look? Uh, you I look, look. You look Amish. You need a horse and buggy. You look like can William else, Riker. Could somebody else Photoshop that with a horse and buggy? You would look Amish. <laughs> just me, just me out there uh, chur- churning uh, butter or something with Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I don't know. Well, well, we'll think about it. I'll, uh, I'll take, I'll, I'll, we'll take a poll. Maybe tomorrow we'll do an Insta poll on my beard. Hold on, let me put the beard Insta poll. All right. Let's get back to Richie because I want to hear more uh, of his uh, frontal oh. activity with the ladies. I do. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol, if you can uh, please join us again in the studio. Right here. This is already one of the best things that have been sent to us. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. I guess I got 25 more. Really? Just in the t- since you last checked, there are 25 more Asian women? Yeah. Well, it they is must a- have heard you on the air. It's true. They heard your dulcet tones. It is a populous part of the uh, of the globe. Okay. I don't think anyone would want to talk to you if they see how your rating scale is. All right. So You are a mean person. So what? this... So Okay, let's just back up. So South Sea Connections, one of our proud sponsors... Uh, uh, Richie is going to be a spokesperson, or is a spokesperson for them. So you'll be hearing commercials uh, with Richie's voice. And then you are also... You working the program, as they say, uh, to meet perhaps uh, step program. <laughs> it's like a thirty-seven step program. I'm looking at it. The it, you are now working the program though to meet hot Asian ladies. Yeah. So the, the so <laughs> these are the photographs so far the, well, of the ladies you have been sent. I dumped about half of them because if they're not a five or better, I just just. Oh, is that what these numbers are? I should have figured that out. So yeah. these numbers here are are what you're rating them in the class. Oh, you didn't know scale. that. I didn't. I didn't. I was too busy looking at the actual notes on oh, the side. Oh, you said that was their ages. Well, I didn't know if it was maybe like I don't know. I didn't know what. I, so I didn't even notice that because here's the thing. I'm. I was distracted by like the fact that next to this lady in big letters it just says big breasts. <laughs> Look at that right there. Oh my gosh, Ju- Richie, you're the most judgmental bastard. All right, so let's. Can we read some of the comments? Um, I almost want to scan these in and post them. Um, so next, so this one just says next to this lady's photo six big breasts. Um, above that, five, nurse. Above that. Six, kids, no thanks. <laughs> kids, six, overbite. <laughs> right here. Look at her smile. Right there. <laughs> well, couldn't that be corrected, Richie? Yeah, but not when you got 40 the women in line. <laughs> oh, Richie doesn't want someone who's overbite he has to fix. Um, let's see, how about this? Eight, nice schoolgirl. How do you know she's Ooh. a nice schoolgirl? Do they give you a description? School pictures. Really? School pictures? How old is she? Like Catholic or something. How old is she? How old is she? Uh, oh, I should have looked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think right. you have to be at least. Here's another one. Five. Old. It says an all. Right Can now. I say this one? She's I don't want it to be too oh. mean. Um, probably not. Which one? Nah, probably not. Um, <laughs> is that you're, the you're kind of uh, the kind of smile she apparently has? Are you well, no, 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 not that perfect. Can I just say that? Oh, that uh, Rishi feels that she has... When you say nasty, do you mean, like, naughty? Well, look at her look. You're saying she hasn't... Richie noted... She does look a little beat. Richie said that this girl had a, quote, F me smile. A, 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 a nasty as in naughty. Naughty. Smile. Yeah, like, yeah. Miss Lee, if you're naughty. Nasty. Oh, nine, I have one that he likes over here. Do you? Um, this one, six to seven, young. Eight to nine, 19 years old. Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> she's pretty cute, though. Six teddy bear girl. What does that mean? Well, she got a teddy bear. In oh, the she's way. posing she's to, with a teddy bear. Oh. Trying to get some weirdos on or something. Um, let's six see. And a, six point five. Four feet tall, midget, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> she's not really a midget. She's like four something. Under four feet, a midget. Isn't I don't it? think. I don't know. Oh, let's not get distracted. Okay? <laughs> but the five, the point five is we look at this five point five too skinny. 
Um, She's like 98 pounds. I she is a very pounds. thin girl. Five. Um, Old. No over 30. <laughs> me no like girl over 30. Me, me like only girl with schoolgirl outfit and teddy bear. Um, does it tell you their ages? Yeah. All right. So this girl, it was this nice schoolgirl, and this one who says... Um, Big breast, overbite. No, this one that says young, but it's young question, question mark. mark. <laughs> like you can't even really tell. So you're like nice schoolgirl. So oh. to you, does it like it doesn't matter what she looks like? Like the actual age is very important to you. Well, she's got to be at least eighteen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what is the oldest woman? What is the cutoff age? I, I'm bottoming out at twenty three. I think, but there's some nineteen and twenty year olds. How old are you? Thirty something. <laughs> thirty something. Why is this all crossed out? Oh, because that's uh, one of his website things. Oh, so he doesn't. Uh, so he doesn't inadvertently give away. He doesn't want to give away. This is one of his proprietary websites that you go to look at the actual pictures, ladies. So, oh, that's genius. Uh, well, you know, because again, it's you know, it is, it's a business. So, a trade. Um, yeah, I'm just curious that your cutoff date is 23. Cutoff age is 23. Also, how old are you, Richie? 36. That's just creepy. So, so you want? So you want? You want a girl 13 years younger than you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one, by the way, I'm reading now. This is what Richie has said. I am now reading something that Richie Bristol, a man of Asian extraction, wrote on this. Next to a particular girl, he put five, and then he put the word harrow. That is H-E-R-R-O-W. Look at her. She looks like she's saying harrow. <laughs> To you, Richie. Richie. All right, let's go trade. To me, a guilty white person, she doesn't look anything at all like that. Tim, would you like to see some of these? Oh, yes. Hey, they like older. All right, um, let's see here. Where's the teddy bear girl? Uh, Let's see here. Big breasts. (laughs) Good Lord. Ditsy. Nurse. So, so, what is it? Why is this girl posing with a teddy bear? Why? How do you know this girl's ditsy? Uh, immediately while I was on the site, unfortunately, all these, when they, they see that you're on the you know, line, you at the right, well, they know you, yeah, they can show that you're there or whatever. Yeah, and it pops up like IMs, like, bink, 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 bink. Uh, but really, okay, let's, but we should say, we're, we're so caught up in Richie's comments, and I'm, you know, like the, uh, the, the whatever, where it says, like, F me smile. Big, and you're right, this girl does look very, um, first of all, we should say these girls are all really cute. Yeah, I mean, lives are better. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not seeing the ones that you decided maybe weren't for you, but these girls are all really cute. This girl does have what you might call a come-hither smile. I mean, there's really no getting around that. Uh, but I should say that these girls are actually, I mean... Is Tim I don't, here? I'm not sure. Where did Tim go? He went to call. Oh, bye. Bye. Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour of the way through. Because I wasn't really sure uh, what I was expecting, because I kind of really only heard you know Stu talk about it, and you kind of going through the thing. These girls are really cute, though. Old. Old. I just saw another one. And the thing is, old is like in huge all caps. And then he put, as if a note to himself, no over 30. All right. Uh, and this so is go, just Philippines. So Wait, so this is just from one country? Yeah. Wow. Wait, is the Philippines a country or is it like islands? What is it's the Philippines? Whole, it's like 70 some islands. Supposedly, he gives you the whole spiel. Like during high tide, there's 70 some islands. Uh, no, there's 70 some during low tide. And then there's like 30 some during high tide. <laughs> Wait, so the country gets smaller at high tide? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of like, weird country is that? Wait, like, there's an island there. Some of them live underwater? And then it goes underwater. Seriously, didn't you used to have more family? So, yeah, but it's high tide. So you could buy, like, islands up there. So this is, and so since you got this, there have now been 27 more women? I called him, and he said, you better check your stuff, because you got, like, 25 more. 
All right. Uh, well, we don't have probably time to do that today, but uh, tomorrow we'll have to look at the next 25. I should so, show you the ones that I don't because, oh, man, there's <laughs> some scary ones in there. Now, but I mean, but this is what like mean? how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'm going to look at it like how many How many women over there, Sarah? I four. think I sifted out. I got six. 20. I have 12 over here. So that's 20 women from this uh, that are, I mean, I would say they're all cute. I mean, every one of them. But what about the old one? I'm trying to find. <laughs> see, I don't. I don't think she looks that old. I think she's still cute. Okay. I'm. No, I like that. I mean, I and I like a. I don't know. I like her. I like her. Hair, I like her haircut too. <laughs> I say sounding possibly gay. Sure. Um, but hair is cool. Um, so who is the, of of these? And I have to take a break. Who is the hottest girl you're looking? at? Is it this girl? I think it's the one that is the 19 year old. Where it says 19 years old. Holy moly! Or actually, as you've written, holy Molly. Is actually what you've written. <laughs> uh, but is this girl far and away your your lead Are candidate you right now? Nineteen. Well, if you're you not, if you're weeding out anyone over twenty three, I mean, seriously, they're going to be young, Richie. Uh, seriously, if twenty three is fine. Why is what's the problem with nineteen? Because I at least look closely, relatively the same age as him. I can pass for twenty six. Well, you could pass for much younger than you. Are, I'll give you that. But I'm just saying. Look, uh, here's the thing: if a twenty three year old. You are 13 years older than she is? Yeah. Uh, this is 17 years. Once you get over, once there's a decade's worth of difference, <laughs> what? Do you, who cares? Really? Seriously, 13 years or 16? It's but like, Asians, yeah. they look like, I mean, her picture there, she looks young. Like, I have a cousin that's over there, and I found out, I thought they were like my little high school cousins. Yeah. And oh, I find 15. out they're 33, and I, they look 16. Um, all right. Well, and, and regrettably, we have to, uh, we have to break here. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll come back after this. There really is no program quite like this. I I, I will acknowledge that. In your face, Lars. All right. Uh, back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay right there. Okay. This is well, an alrighty then. And the best email came in during the break. Uh, this says, let's see, where did it go? Uh, it was an email about about Richie uh, criticizing what he believed to be uh, some of the uh, physical shortcomings of the girls. We're all really cute, uh, to be fair. And he's this said, what the hell is going on? Uh, this email says, hey, um, I just joined just joined the program. What am I listening to? Did I hear a guy with a giant, droopy, pus-filled face ridiculing a girl with an overbite? Seriously. <laughs> uh, so Richie apparently has 27 more girls who are uh, interested in him. So um, we'll, uh, we'll examine that again tomorrow. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Don't forget to go to 970.am. Uh, and vote on the logo for Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008. Uh, that is Emerson's 11. You go to 970.am, do it right there. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we'll talk more about Richie's Cannibal MySpace page, which apparently he's already set up. Uh, we will talk I'm already more... friends with it. Are you really? Yes. Do you, want, do you want to give out the... Should we wait? Should we wait to where we can really talk about it? I know. Yes, that. yes, yes, yes. I All think right. So. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, and uh, so one brief, and it's sort of a tease... Uh, but coming up tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit more about this. So you know we're having uh, the Rick Emerson roast. And I know that you said you've sort of gotten something. You said you sort of, you got a handle on what you're doing. You've sort of... A little bit. 
You feeling like you're like you're honing in on an idea? I feel idea? like I'm, I have an idea. I don't know how I'm going to make it work. There are some logistics to it that I don't know exactly how it will work, but I have an idea. You know what we say that we say that about every party every year though. That there's like nine million things that we we have no idea how we'll pull it off, how we'll do it, how the logistics will happen, and it, fortunately we haven't kind of snuffed it yet. So we'll we'll see. Uh, oh, I know. This is different. I mean, this is a different party than anyone we've ever done. It's going to be a little bit... It, it, it's a little just bit like a drunken vibe. brouhaha, and I don't really have to say anything. Um, and this is. It's going to be uh, a little bit uh, different. Carl Click, the Roastmaster, roasters including Sarah X. Dillon, uh, Aaron Geek in the City Durand, By- uh, Byron Beck from the Willamette Week, uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian, more roasters to be announced uh, later on in the week. Also... Uh, in response to uh, many, many, many questions about this, the answer is uh, yes, I believe we are going to be throwing open the doors next week and auditioning for a guest roaster uh, from the audience. I think we'll be giving uh, one lucky listener the chance to guest roast uh, at Rick Emerson Listener Party 2008. Uh, so more on that uh, later on this week. and then oh, We've got to do that soon then because they have to prepare. I think probably next week, like in the first couple of days of next week, we will try to get the, a guest roaster. Uh, we have to figure out another thing logistic we have to figure out how to do. But uh, And I am meeting with a um, potential roaster tomorrow. Oh, you are? Okay. Yes. And I think uh, I think that person... Um, yeah, don't say anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you heard the yeah the, the idea. You know the idea. I know the idea. I think that's going to work. I think, I think that'll, that'll definitely work. work. All right. I um, would. Yeah, I think that there will be no holds barred there. Let's uh, wrap things up here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, how's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, his uh, geography's a little off. There's 7,000 islands in the Philippines. That's a lie. There aren't 7,000 islands uh, anywhere. Wiki. Wiki. Are you just making a sound effect? Wiki. Okay. Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. <laughs> and I thought, look, really, Rick? I didn't know what you were doing there. I thought you were. I, I just thought you were responding with some sort of nonsense word. No. Wiki, wiki, wow. I thought it was like a mecca, like a high mecca, honey ho thing you were doing. Uh, see what they can get you. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye now. Uh, see if we can fit in both these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, hey, Rick. Hey. I want to uh, remind Richie to go ahead and forget to call Mr. Skin. Because we don't want to be bothered with Keely Hazel or anything like that tomorrow. Remind you, Richie, in advance, a full day in advance, please yeah, already sure. forget to call. Yeah, I don't need anything to reaffirm my heterosexual tendencies. All right. Thank you. Really hey, one more thing. Quickly. Emerson's 11, does that mean that 12 and 13 are going to automatically suck and we have to add useless cast members? Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Final call, don't suck. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Rick, don't you already have a beard named Lara? <laughs> and we're out. Thank you, sir. Bye. <laughs> I can't top it. You shouldn't even speak anymore. Fill in the rest yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye now. Rumble.